Back on Cybertron, the Autobots have created three new warriors. Cup, experienced in battle. Blur, he's fast. Hot Rod, he really lives up to his name. The Decepticons' days are numbered. Robots in disguise from Hasbro. Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast about Transformers toys, self-enablement, and three grown men mercilessly looking for any excuse to rip the piss out of each other. My name is Sixo, but more on that later, as I'm joined as ever by a couple of vintage specimens as my co-hosts. First, you have a man known for being the scourge of the pre-Transformers collecting scene, a reputation that can be a rod for his own back at times, so do forgive him if he gets a bit arsy. It's Maz from Transformers Square One. Then we have a man who will happily raise a cup of rum to celebrate an exciting toy purchase, although it might be a bit of a blur in the morning before he gets a springer back in his step. It's Liam from Toybox Soapbox. You know me so well. <laughs> yeah. Together we are Triple Takeover, and today we're here to talk about the classic 1986 movie toys, which arrived in a wave of new product introduced in the hallowed big screen Transformers film as the corpses of your previous childhood heroes were somewhat aggressively shunted out the back door. What a time it was. Anyway, before all of that, how's it going, chaps? Wheelie, wheelie good. Well done. There we go. You've been holding that one, haven't you? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and that's the best that came up with. <laughs> that's a, yeah, great. <laughs> That was excellent, mate. Well done. Good effort. So, how's it all hanging? Good, man. Really good. Very excited. Excited for this new year? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Wow. <laughs> hey. 2022. Yeah, we're fooling everyone. The bunting's yeah, still falling around us as we speak. It's, it's not, <laughs> yes, it's fair to say it's not quite New Year as we're recording this, is it? But uh, It's not even Christmas. No, we can pretend. Don't spoil the, the illusion. Don't ruin it. It's the triple takeover it's universe. Still we're the summer. Here now. <laughs> 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 <I'm> in June. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that if it was June and we were recording this six months in advance. Well, we could just pretend like we're coming from the past or something, or maybe we're in the future looking back at, I don't know, whatever, man. I think we spend enough time in the past. That's true. Yeah. Which is kind of relevant for today because yeah. we're going to talk about toys that are, what is it now, 35 years? It's 35 years, isn't it? Gosh, it is this Goodness. year, isn't it? It is yeah. TF, hashtag TFTM35 this year. That's right. Well, that's just frightening and quite, no, not good. Don't like it. <laughs> hashtag dislike. We, we date <laughs> ourselves quite a lot on this, don't we? We, we? we do it to ourselves. We punish ourselves with this, the journey of time. I know. I think for me now, it's the realization that like on social media and that it's it's all the people that you see that are like, oh, yeah, no, I, I love that old Transformers movie. I, I remember seeing it for the first time when I watched it on DVD or something like that. And you're like with my granddad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, oh, no. What's going on? Yeah, I, so, saw, I saw someone say they discovered um, G1 through their dad's DVDs. Oh. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wasn't that like last year they came out? <laughs> the number of people now that, that message me or just include me in something and they say, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to pick up that old hot rod toy uh, for my dad because he had it when he was a kid. And I'm like, oh, my God. And these are like adults saying this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just terrifying. That's it. It's people you share a pint with at the bar at like TF Nation as well. And you like you suddenly realize the age gap difference is quite terrifying, like where they came yeah. in. It's all like step by step in Transformers. You're like, oh, you came in. And this franchise, yeah. when I, which I was watching in a pub. Yeah, like that. It definitely. It's good, though, as well, eh? Because, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's great to think that it's continuing. And I, I don't know, I'm always encouraged by the fact that actually, of, of all the kind of touch points in 
G1 or you know whatever part of Transformers that the 86 movie seems to be one that most people seem to still like even younger fans do you think that's fair to say yeah but do you remember that video on YouTube kids react to the Transformers (laughs) vaguely it was just they got like a bunch of preschool children to watch vintage Transformers cartoons and then filmed their reactions yeah, that's basically the crowd at TF Nation now that he was just talking about sharing a point with. <laughs> right. Those people are growing up and pointing fun at, you know. There is like an like. amazing contradiction with this, isn't there? Like all of this stuff we look back to for our childhood, but at the same time, it makes us feel really old in some moments like this. It's this weird contradiction of it. Yeah, it's a funny old thing. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's only going to get worse as well. Like I was thinking recently, I think, Maz, you said something about, am I still going to be doing this when I'm an old man? And I was like, oh, man, because it's 35 years now since 1986. Mm. I mean, what's that going to be like when it's 40 years or 50 years, you know, for example? That's just, Don't you know, know, you imagine it when we're all sat around I celebrating being the 50th, the 50th anniversary. This. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling. We've got enough ideas to carry us that long. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we're still doing this, this podcast when we're 60. Just imagine what that's going to be like beamed into your brain there'll be there'll be kids out there saying oh yeah yeah i remember watching this film this old film of my granddad's uh collection you know whatever the electronic media is at the time do you know what i mean i remember g1 g1 triple takeover (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah maybe there'll be a new triple takeover crew they've taken (laughs) over from us Right, well, it's also worth mentioning that, as ever, we are sponsored by our, well, our wonderful sponsor. It's tfsource.com. You should check out for all your Transformers and third-party needs. We'll do a little segment on them in the middle of the podcast, as we always do. Take a look at what they've got in stock. Uh, But thank you very much to them for continuing to sponsor us. Uh, Also worth mentioning our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And we have four glorious tears. Uh, What can you get on there, Maz? Oh, well, well, you're listening to it now. You've got two fantastic holiday season minisodes to catch up on. Mm. One is the our favorite Deaths of Optimus Prime, and then there's the Christmas minisode. And if you think that little snippet of Sixo singing Four Glorious Tears was good, <laughs> you need to listen to the Christmas minisode. It is top draw. The, the full takeover, version. trust me. So yeah, there's the exclusive minisodes, which are a massive draw. And we've just published a massive list of I think over a hundred topics that we've given our uh, butlers, six O's butlers, the choice of picking from. And also, you know, we will still take suggestions if they're great. And also you will get to listen to episodes early. You'll occasionally be able to vote on episode topics. And there's the deleted scenes as well, which are outtakes. Some of the outtakes are quite good fun, actually, just if they don't fit into the kind of main episode. We do, we do trim stuff out sometimes, uh, you know, if one of us is having a moment or whatever, and that all makes it up onto Patreon. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, There's also our Redbubble as well, worth mentioning, uh, because you can get some official Triple Takeover merch, and that is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. There's all kinds of stuff on there you can get. Forward slash leggings. Forward slash Just go straight to the good stuff. Just don't waste time on Stationary. Everyone wants stationary. Yeah, uh, that may or may not be an official part of the URL there, but uh, but you can get some lovely designs. Uh, some people posting more pictures of mugs and things up on there recently, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really nice. We had a bit of a request for another mug as well uh, to complete the set. Right, well, let's get on to the topic at hand, which is 1986 movie toys. And I guess... To kick us off, it's worth being maybe a little bit specific about what it is 
uh, or kind of is not that we're <laughs> that we're talking about tonight because obviously the the name uh, of the episode hopefully gives away what is the focus but we we obviously as many people know we have already done an episode on 1984 and 1986 uh, sorry 1985 but both of those episodes proved to be um like a little bit not unwieldy i'd say they're both really good but we have sort of already listened back to them we said that we would want to come back and do kind of more focused bits at some point whether that's minisodes or whatever uh, on some of the subgroups and things in those years um you know maybe we can talk a bit more about maz's opinion on on dinobots for example uh what's what's not been said uh but uh, with 1986 particularly as it is such a large year it's actually got the largest product uh lineup of of any g1 year i think from memory uh, certainly a lot larger than 84 85 i mean way larger than 84 let's put it that way Absolutely. um yeah it's massive absolutely massive and then you do have kind of two camps of toys you've got the the stuff that we're talking about today which is all new characters from the 86 movie of course uh, and then you have stuff that actually was kind of hand-me-downs from the kind of microchange diaclone era a couple of new molds in there as well wasn't all exclusively from you know inherited from pre-transformers but a lot of it was so we're going to separate those out so if it's a character that appeared first in the movie that's on the agenda for today and if it wasn't it's not simple as is that fair to say chaps yeah i think the way i saw it was just that if a 1986 g1 toy has representation in the movie and wasn't released in 85 or 84 but 86 then we're talking about it today and your broadsides and your octanes will have to wait till another time yeah, which and I mean we could do a whole episode on Sandstorm, of course, because he's one oh, of the yes. best one of the best G one toys of all. Before we start, can I ask you guys a question? Did either of you own any of the movie toys before you saw the movie? Ah, what a great question. Maz will just check his uh just check his spreadsheet now just to make <laughs> sure. I really don't think I did. Because nineteen eighty six was when I started getting toys. And that, you know, first of all I went through the whole G one cars and Decepticon strike planes. And that, I think, took me well into the end of 1986 and possibly 1987. I got Rodimus Prime for my seventh birthday in 1987. So I don't think I did have any movie toys before seeing the movie. I really don't think so. Because like these days, like we're so influenced, aren't we? Like with preconceptions of things we'd already seen. But then it was a very different time. But I remember for me, I had Hot Rod at this point. So I went into the film not knowing anything about it because I, I did read the comic from time to time, but not you know i was only about four or five but i very vividly remember getting hot rod and then going into the film into the film because it was around i went to see it i think it was either on my birthday it was like the day after so I definitely had the toy and i remember being like trying to work out the context of what that would be like if that makes sense oh, from, man, from the mind right. of like a four or five year old <laughs> i think i might have got retgar before i saw the movie then because i remember getting retgar from my brother as a birthday present just wondering who's that then <laughs> yeah. maybe the name threw me because he's never referred to as Retgar in the movie. He's not, is he? He's not. No. Yeah. I have this very distinct memory of seeing uh, Cup and a few of them on the shelves and being really confused, you know, because it looked so different because they were all suddenly yeah. sci-fi. Because at that point, we'd had the jump starts, but I don't, remember, I don't think I'd ever seen those at the time. But I very remember that change, and I remember it's the first time my head went, something's different here, and yeah. I wasn't sure how much I liked it or whether I was on board. I, I can only imagine that having... Because you had stuff like Starscream and uh, things like that, and you know some of the the car bots. I can only imagine 
what getting Rekgar must have been like as a, yeah. a first impression. That's um, yeah, weird. Quite, a, quite uh, a shift. It's so different to everything in G1 at the time, isn't it? With its ball joints and it's very different. It's still different today. And man, you know, we've talked about how much more we appreciate that toy today than back then. A mint Rekgar is a thing of absolute beauty. I only bought it as a result of this podcast. It's the first time I've ever owned it or experienced it was through as doing this podcast. It's magnificent, isn't it? It's like yeah. a, a door to a part of G1 that you simply haven't accessed. And it's like, wow, that that is like a mystery or this whole bonus. It's like a bonus album or yeah. something like that. It's a bonus track you've never heard from your favorite artist. It's like a free return ticket to your childhood for a minute because you remember how you like Transformers at the time and get to experience something from that time. Now mm. as an adult, you do look at it with different eyes, but you still, there's this like, moment where your brain just sort of resets for a moment and there's like childish like childlike wonder to it oh, wow wait, that not to go into the next topic down the line but that is exactly why i haven't opened my g1 octane yet there has to be a right moment to do that so i can experience this 1986 toy that i've never handled before oh wow you've never had just, it? okay no i've got a lovely one and i'm just waiting for the right moment wow. it's it's a good one i had octane as a kid and uh, and again yeah not to, to kind of get into yeah. it on octane but it's it's a but really nice feeling one. yeah yeah, it's a really nice one, for sure. Yeah, Rekgar I had as a kid as well. And uh, well, actually, no, I say that I didn't. I had it. There was a point post childhood where I got a load of secondhand Transformers. And I say post childhood, it wasn't so much post. I think there was it was after all of my Transformers had been sold by my mum, apparently with my sign off. I'm not sure <laughs> the opinions on that uh, vary slightly, I think. Um, but then we got a load of secondhand ones and Rekgar was in that. So I say it wasn't it was sort of post childhood, but not really. And um, yeah, he was in there, but he was uh, pretty beaten up and uh, had that copy for years. And never really—I know we talked about this before—but I never really thought much of it, um, just because it was kind of—I don't know—it just always looked a bit kind of brown and worn and just not really all that fun. Yeah, uh, and it does wear badly. It wears badly um, because yeah. of the looseness. And you know, I posted photos of my brand new Rekgar not so long ago, um, and most of the reaction was supremely positive because it's so stunning gold chrome stickers are quite rare in transformers and he's a really good looking toy he's got a really nice head sculpt doesn't look so much like the cartoon but he's just really distinct and beautiful but there was one person who retweeted that picture and said with a bunch of expletives how much they hated that toy and how much they hated it as a kid and they were just going on this rant and it's exactly the kind of toy i can see if they had a loose one why it would frustrate them. I remember being frustrated with Rekgar as a kid because it was so tight to get the chest to open up and to get the red top part with the little pointy laser boobs to fit nice and flush on top of it. I remember being frustrated by the rear wheel, trying to get it between the legs to transform yeah. and so on. So I, I do recall that frustration, but it's, it's, it's obviously a, it's totally an It's yeah. an awkward toy. I mean, it's not... When it's really nice and the joints are tight and all of that, it's fine. But yes, yes. still, then it's it's not the smoothest transformation. Probably fair to say, with the, having to swap the wheel out, so an element of parts forming in it. So I, yeah, I can see why it's not yeah. for everyone. Um, but it's distinct, and it's the kind of distinct that you now can fully appreciate as an adult collector and say that's a gem, and that's yeah. a really special toy. We were kind of saying this on the uh, on the minisode that we were recording recently, weren't we? Actually, I think we sort of made the point that a lot of toys now feel like that in the at the time they maybe were a bit unappreciated but um we were talking it i think in reference to classics and things like the nerf megatron mm. um, and we were saying that it's one of those that at the time you look at it and you're like what on earth but actually now you can 
go back however many years and sort of appreciate it for what it was at that time. Uh, and it almost takes on new life in a funny way. And I don't know, I, for, for me, I remember getting that red car that I've now got at TFN and just being blown away by how yeah. lovely it was. Just absolutely yeah. blown away. I remember you being stood next to you as you were buying that and you just went into this like trance. I d- yeah, I think I remember you talking to me and I was kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I left like, you, I literally left you because you just went quiet and as I was talking and I was like, he's not listening. I was, I was rooting. I was in, I was in, uh, yeah, I was in, you know, haggle mode or whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, I got, I got quite a good deal on it as well. Can't you see a, a situation where that toy is designed by an adult engineer or designer? And then they look at the final thing and they appreciate and think, this is this is amazing. You know, we've done a great thing here. It's beautifully sculpted. It looks so different to the rest. And even though it doesn't look like the cartoon model too much, like you say, a mint retgar with those proportions and that kind of posability of the arms, the, the chrome and just the shape of the head with the, with the fairing of the motorcycle and the way that he can then hold his uh, one of his wheels as a shield and he's got the axe and the gun. And those and gorgeous gun, yeah. stickers. I, I can't say enough about how gorgeous those stickers are. And you'd, you'd sit there and appreciate, like, this is a wonderful thing we've created. Kids are going to love this. But compared to something like a hot rod, it's just not as immediately accessible to children to enjoy in that way. And yeah. I think all the positive comments I got for those photos were with the lens of an adult collector. But then one person really remembered vividly how much they hated it as a, chi- as a child and, and expressed their lack of appreciation for it because of I, I could see that. I mean, I guess as a designer as well, you, you don't know how these things are going to wear, do you? You don't know that... I guess you might have an inkling of how joints are going to loosen off a bit over time, but you've got no idea how these things are going to look when they've been at the bottom of a, um, you know, a plastic tub or whatever for for several years. Um, But yeah, I can also see that I think definitely our childhood experiences with some of this stuff cloud it hugely. Um, Although I do think it's an easy toy to, to kind of reappreciate and everything, but you know, uh, yeah, now I, I guess I can also understand that it probably wasn't compared to some of the other products that were out that year top of anybody's christmas list i would guess no no that's right and of course it's the first year of non-microchange takatoku diaclone transformers it's one of the new generation of transformers so not surprised they were trying to find their aesthetic and find their feet with design principles that took something from before but also tried to do something new for whatever reason yeah it's it's a real watershed year actually i mean that's kind of obvious in a lot of respects you know with the kind of new wave of product but yes it, i guess maybe that's a good place to to kind of really get into the the meat of this tonight and sort of acknowledge isn't it because this is this is of course the first year with actual transformers toys designed for transformers mm-hmm. um with 1984 and 85 having been made exclusively of toys that were inherited from other toy lines, as we've talked about in previous episodes. So that's a real thing in itself. But I think, as you were just saying, Maz, the the aesthetic and the design sensibilities and all of that haven't necessarily been settled on by this point. So there's still toys being imported from elsewhere. You've still got designs, even some that hadn't been used elsewhere that are being kind of ported into the line. But then the toys, I mean, I'm also thinking of stuff that we're not talking about tonight, like the Aerial Bots and those guys and Metroplex, which were diaclone designs right you know prior but then kind of worked on and everything and and kind of evolved for transformers but then you've got toys like you know the obvious ones you know blur hot rod cup that were completely new um but i think they are and retgar is probably a good example of that all still very different from 87 and what came afterwards so it's it's a real unique 
year in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. They were trying a lot of new things, weren't they? You can see that it's very experimental. You can see in those toys how, I don't know, they become not more refined as such, but there's a definite change to a sort of theme. You know, when you look at them, they feel more like Transformers later than these do, I think. A trajectory. Yeah, there we go. That's a, a better better word. But um, the way you look at those movie toys is they stand out because they're larger straight away than the cars you're used to. Everything feels different, even though they've still got die casts and stuff like that. They don't feel like what you know. So... And it's really strange because then when you go to the 87 toys, they're a lot more plastic and stuff, Mm. but they somehow feel more familiar with Transformers. But I think that's partly because probably by then, the 86 toys have got you used to them being different from the Diaclone toys, if that makes sense. Do you think the gap between 85 and 86 is as big or bigger than the gap between 86 and 87? I think there's stuff in 86 that would sit perfectly with 87 stuff and i'm not just saying that because we had movie target masters but something like sandstorm uh, i know it's no it's not a movie toy so let's let's go back let's say something like cyclonus or scourge mostly plastic toys with you know some die cast in the joints and stuff they sit fine with the proportions and the look of 87 and i and i maybe that's just rose tinted glasses saying well obviously cyclonus goes with 87 because of everything i've ever been told and seen but something like sideswipe next to hot rod is yeah. way different mm-hmm. and yeah. hot rod has rubber wheels and it comes in the exact same proportion box as g1 cars do but it's really different yeah but when you put the say cyclonus next to any of the the headmasters for example they look again they look different again they feel like a really weird set of toys it's almost like they the two influences have combined and it's but cyclonus next to slug slinger or trigger happy is not bizarre and scourge next to though to misfire is not bizarre i still think there's a little bit of a difference i think yeah. for me it's it's the the kind of blockiness of them because 87 is a very blocky year so mm. stuff like i was thinking stuff like chrome dome and hardhead and those guys you know but even slug slinger uh, trigger happy whatever they they're all they're all quite angular blocky dudes um whereas cyclonus especially scourge you know even hot rod to some extent cut definitely they're all quite curvy you know they and they kind of follow the movie aesthetic in that regard uh, and I'm sure we'll talk in a minute about the kind of you know design and and kind of gestation of these designs through to the toys, but I think they are unique in that regard. And and yeah, they don't really fit in with '84 and '85, but they also don't necessarily yeah, right. concretely fit with '87 either. But they're closer to '87 than '85, I think. I could see that. Yeah, I could. I, I yeah, I could. Again, they just it, it feels like almost like the '86 toys would come after the '87 because it's like the '87 from '85 is a massive jump. That one feels like a weird fusion of the two. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like they've taken elements from the two, and it's it's just weird how they've then been pulled back apart. If you know what I mean, because yeah. when you look at Cyclonus and Scourge, you can see that sort of like like Six was saying there, the curves and stuff. It's very there's this diacloneness to them almost without them being diacloned. You can still see sort of the vestiges of that. There's a little bit, a lot of hints of that and stuff. I do wonder, like Hot Rod for me actually is an interesting one because I can I can sort of see he's a real transition toy for me. I can see eighty five. 84, 85, and I can see 87 in it. And I, I kind of feel like if maybe the chest was die-cast, for example, which would be lovely. I mean, that would be really nice. But that would make it feel more like a kind of Diaclone-era toy in some regards. Um, but I think also the fact that they don't have the little cockpits and they're, they're slightly bigger as well. I think if it was just maybe kind of two-thirds of the size that it is, or you know, even maybe just a touch 
more than that, I don't know, but roughly that sort of size. And it had a little cockpit and it had a diaclone, uh, sorry, it had a, a diecast chest. I think it probably wouldn't feel such a step out of and where such it was. Big heads compared yeah. to like Autobot cars. That's true. Or even Decepticon jets, you know. Their heads yeah. are a very different size. I think is it is it that then? Do you think you can just see that they were designed as characters first and then turned into toys versus everything else which was designed as a toy and turned into a character? Is that not the story though? Isn't that is that not how it actually went? That Flora Derry did the drawings for yeah. the concepts for the movie and then that the best they could produce as close to that design, somewhere between his original drawings, the movie representation, and then the toy is is basically where we ended up. Very much so, yeah. So Flora Derry did all of the designs for the movie and you know worked on them, but they were also evolving hugely over time as well. So I, my understanding anyway is that you know the toys were in production and being worked on. And of course, the, the designs for the film were rapidly changing. I mean, you know, the, the, clearly the aesthetic of the movie changed loads. And that's obvious in stuff like the fact that Unicron has two head sculpts in the film. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, there's numerous examples of that, um, of stuff that clearly should have been a deleted scene in a, in a kind of more uh, established, you know, final product, if you like, but it's still in there for yeah. all to see. Um, Magnus's colours is a great example as well. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The fact that you you know you've got that little preview um, trailer kind of clip, and and that clearly you know they were working on it with Magnus in Diaclone colours, um, kind of insane, really. Uh, Pink hot rod. Yeah, I know. A fine example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, d- I actually don't know how they ended up with red hot rod or, or whatever color you want to call it, the, the sort mm. of final 1986 toy. But uh, I, I do wonder how they got to the color of the toy, considering the color that he is in the film. I would hate to think it was something along the lines of, well, that's too pink for a, or, you know, what is classed on the box as an all American hero boy a toy aimed at boys in an era where that's the, I mean, you just have to watch the toys that made us and the people behind the toys in these major no, no, toy no, lines sure. to see how very basic their motivations were for choosing characters and names and toys and gimmicks and stuff. So I wonder if that had something to do it, but if they did, it was out the window by the time misfire rolled off the line, wasn't it? I think it would be no great surprise because I mean, look, look at it this way. Was it um, Iron Man 3? And we're talking, I mean, I can't remember how old that film is now, but that's last 10 years. Hmm. And uh, that film, uh, they were due to have a female villain and they dropped it because the, the, the at the time, uh, CEO or whatever of Marvel said that uh, a female villain wouldn't sell toys. So, it, you know, that's we're talking in the last decade with that. Mm-hmm. So I can totally believe that in the 80s, it would have been a conversation about having a pink uh, lead male toy, and that that wouldn't have been deemed not acceptable. I don't know that that's why they changed it, but mm. it wouldn't surprise me. We do still call them boys' toys and girls' toys, though, don't we? Even now, I mean, that's slowly changing. So it's still that idea of pink is definitely more seen as a girls' toy, isn't it? And I, I can imagine they would have thought that at the time when they were seeing it when they redesigned it. But it's funny because I thought that the design of those movie characters was a very specific color palette across the team. So you had. Hot Rod's pink, uh, RC is more pink, you've got Springer who's green, and then you've got Blur who's blue, and then Cup is kind of bluey green, Magnus is a more obvious blue. It just seemed like if you put them all together, they have this very gradiented change of color along the color wheel, and I thought that was some like somehow intended. I've always seen it that way. Certainly when you line up all the toys, 
the the real tell actually is you know the kind of masterpiece or third party toys that you can get of those characters now because they're so close to the film mm-hmm. and when you look at all the the color palette it is a total rainbow it's it's gorgeous for photography and whatever i, I love so. it uh, and then really, you put really like nice. orange wheelie in there and it works completely because that's yeah. the missing color. It's orange for wheelie. I always saw it that way that they must have, I presume, chose the colors to to just be as primary as possible mm. um, or, or as vivid as possible, I should say. No, they're not all primary colors, but you know, they're, they're just super, super vivid, I guess, and just would appeal to, to kids' imaginations. Uh, and yeah, I had thought that, you know, cup and all of that were just like another shade added into the mix, weren't they? And then you've got yeah. Perceptor who's red as well, Blaster. Yeah, and so. then you get to the Decepticons who move into the purple range. Yes, a unicorn is obviously yellow as well, so it's very teal. Is he yellow? Is he yellow or orange? I don't yeah, know. I was... Yellow, orange, and whatever gray. Is it gray? Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? He's kind of yeah. he's kind of blue and gray, but also yellow and orange. It's yeah. a it's a really weird palette. But then you've also got Kranix, who's sort of. Um... A darker pink, you know, sort of moving off into that part of the spectrum. So it's it's almost like they ticked the boxes. Like we need someone at every stage of the rainbow. They're very, is, they're very featured in the movie. Well defined though. Like when you look, like the Quintessons are all very yes. green and right. those sort of colors. But then, like you were saying about the Decepticons, it's like the new ones are all very purple or blue. Yeah. But this, you got Sharkticons, you got yeah. Nor, who's who's more into that kind of spectrum as well. Yeah, but that's that's a really unique 1986 thing as well, isn't it? Because after that. I guess there are more specific Decepticon colors. Autobots yeah. remain a bit kind of whatever, although very few of them are purple. Yeah. Then you um, get the palette. Yeah, you? that's what I was going to say. You get you get the uh, the kind of shell suit uniform, don't you? Yes. you know, <laughs> for the, all the latter day nineteen eighties Decepticons, through to the Euro stuff as well as we <laughs> which you about. refer to as my wedding photos. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to reply to that. I was just trying to think of a comeback. Sorry, I I, I knew I was being cheeky posting that, but I was just I was actually killing myself laughing as I was posting. I think it. if that's how I looked on my wedding day, I would have been doing really well, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Mate, I'm sure you looked even better. It is reflective of the time though, isn't it, those colours? Like we were saying, yeah. like when Maz mentioned that Misfire is pink. Like later Transformers, we start seeing pink quite a lot, don't we? Like the hot pink on windscreens and all sorts of stuff. Because we moving into that era. Fangry. Yeah, but even like on Autobots and stuff, but that's that was that time, wasn't it? If you remember, like the very late eighties, early nineties, you were getting all the global hypercolor stuff. Those kind of colors were coming into boys' toys, as it was, and all that sort of stuff a lot more. And it was way more prevalent. Bermuda shorts everywhere, all that sort of. But this is the start of that, isn't it? In nineteen eighty-six, yeah. it is the start of something wonderful in that respect. And you just a I'm looking explosion. at yeah, and this very distinct, differing palettes. Like I'm looking behind me, and the way I've actually sorted my collection, and this was the first shelf that I created in this collection, and it was done years ago, and I've maintained it. Is the movie Autobots and Headmasters and and Target Master Autobots, and then in the other shelf, prominently the Decepticon versions, and you can just see how primary the Autobot colors are. Like think of something yeah. like Sure Shot and Point Blank with the red, blue, yellow, orange, very clear, and then all the Decepticons like Decepticon clones and Abominus, and just you got the teals and you've got the pinks and the purples, bright, yeah. yeah, just this wonderful divide and immediate recognition of. Decepticon or whatever. And this is where it starts with those colours that they gave the cups and the hot rods and, and Cyclonus and so on. Yeah, because yeah. If, you, if you look back though, like uh, all the early 80s toys, they're very, it's Vietnam War inspired, isn't it? Everything's military and realistic looking. And the same with the early years of Transformers. But once you get to that sort of 86 time, everything starts to change. Because even like He-Man goes into space, everything becomes more, Transformers becomes way more sci-fi. Mm. And it's like this, this sudden change where you go from everything being 
war inspired and realistic to more imaginative and crazy all the franchises start to go like gi joe's another one wasn't it? that went that way and everything started to become more space toys came back didn't they but in a everything was like that in the late 80s yeah. did that happen to ducktales as well <laughs> yes you've got the uh the giant sci-fi robot episode of ducktales you got uh gizmo duck don't you yeah, that's, oh, yeah. gizmo ducks are brilliant we love him well we'll have to do a whole episode on gizmo duck at some point <laughs> no doubt but I was going to say, what's weird, actually, you're, I think you're right, Liam, and I'm, I was just imagining like a 1984 lineup with, you know, like Hound and mm. Mirage and all those guys, but with the color schemes of the 1986 toys. And if, they, if they'd if they have come out, I mean, I guess it's kind of what... that's called G2, isn't it? I was just going to say exactly <laughs> that. And that's and that's actually where I got to in my brain was that, if anything, it's, it's what happened, isn't it? Sort of, yeah. you know, a decade later almost. It does feel like that influence from like that, the war stuff that that time it feels like that influence fades in the mid 80s and then everything changes with it as it does when you get into the 90s things change again and well think about it think about the origin of those toys they came from diaclone and microchange which were extremely fixed on being real life items i mean that diaclone line of toys okay we all know it as car robot but also it's real and robo is is the phrasing that they have on a lot of that packaging and of course microchange was supposed to be everyday items in your house you know like guns and (laughs) cassette players and stuff so once they started to move away from those designs and designed their own transformers they were no longer beholden to that sort of yeah this is the entire meaning of the line is real life items i don't think the movie would have been as much of an adventure and Star Wars ripoff if it was just based in yeah. someone's front yard and what they had parked out on the on the I was street. I say that as well with the, with the Star Wars thing. You imagine like the writers and the designers of this stuff as well. The ages are changing. It's the people coming into it would have been coming in from more of a Star Wars. That was their fandom, wasn't it? Whereas earlier mm. they would have been from other things like Action Man or you know that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how quickly it, mm. it all evolves and and kind of you know influences shift and things like that. So. But yeah, I think you can totally see that these are the first toys that were designed, um, you know, based on existing character models uh, and, and that there was an attempt anyway to kind of make them as, as maybe not as screen accurate because I don't think it was important back then in the same regard. Would you would you agree? I don't think there was the same focus on hyper slavish uh, screen accuracy that, that there is now. I don't think we ever saw that then, did we? On anything. Was, that's what, that's the, what I mean, yeah. Just it was, accepted that the... TV things would look different to the toys. I, d- I don't really recall any toy line. Maybe Turtles being... No, even, no Turtles is miles away from the cartoon. Do you think? They're, is it? Yeah, the toys, like, they, they are designed completely differently. They're all, like, um, quite monstrous, aren't they? They've got big veins and... That's true, like, actually. That's true, yeah. They're specifically designed, designed with, like, almost like a horror style element because all the mutants look really, like, monstrous. But wasn't the thing with He-Man that they were using existing molds that were crafted for other toy lines and then they adapted those molds to create the first line of toys that were released and then they weren't quite there? I might be thinking of G.I. Joe, actually. It's something I remember from the toys that made us, but then they started sculpting them a little bit more No, there's bespoke. Yeah, there's certain toys in He-Man that are like that. Like Battle Cat is taken from uh, some tiger toy from something else and scale. I think even I think he scaled That's down. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But the actual they, they, need, they needed a new. toy. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they, they just they found it. That was it. Yeah, because they did that thing where they repurpose a lot of things. Like you saw um, Hasbro did it, or Kenner did it, with, didn't they, with um, the Ewok village into Robin Hood and stuff like. You would always see toys reappear. Like the Turtle Line has stuff like that, and but it's but from He-Man it was Battle Cat. 
and I, I assume um, Panthor as well would have been off that same sort of thing. But everything else, I think all the main figures were brand new. Mm. Yeah, I'm I just thinking, I mean, uh, of all the toy lines that were around, maybe maybe the Ghostbusters toys might have been a little bit closer to the tune. But there was I, just generally, it's a blanket statement, but I just don't feel like there was that same focus on making stuff look an exact like an exact replica of the screen, whatever the, the yeah. screen kind of interpretation was or comics or any of that. Um, it, it just, I don't know, certainly for me as a kid, it was almost like if stuff looks a bit like it does on the TV, great, but it was never something that I particularly fixated on. I don't know. Whereas now it's like a big, big deal, big yeah. deal. But by the same, in the same line of thinking, how much would that have been tested by releasing RC as a pink chrome dome? I think that would have been right on the borderline of people accepting that as an RC toy because Chrome Dome is so different to what RC. It's almost like you know they can't be compared, like like a headmaster Chrome Dome trying to trying to be RC. That would have been a really weird release in so yeah. many respects because the other thing about that is that there were no repaints at that time. Right, really. Okay. I mean, like look at take diaclone stuff out of it because mm-hmm. you've got you know the, there are repaints in diaclone you know you've got your red alerts and your side swipes and um ironhides and, and um ratchets and all of that but mm-hmm. past that era past everything you know take all the diaclone toys out there are no real repaints really just like, like one or eject two. and rewind yeah that which is yeah the one i was going to say but other, other than that 87 are there any repaints? And I mean, there are stuff that gets repeated in the Japanese line, like Black Zarek and things like sure. that, but um, not really. And, and and I just think that a pink chrome dome as RC in that line would have stood out for that reason, maybe more than sure, any for me. Just that, yeah. Like, oh, you're doing a repainted version of a toy I already own? That would have seemed really, really strange somehow. See, I don't know. Maybe I'm different then because I look at that and I try and remember what I was like as a kid. And I was very fussy, so I picked up stuff like that. But I don't think I'd have been as like confused by that as any more than say Ironhide, you know, compared to what it was like in the TV oh, and the yeah, comics. And, yeah. But I, th- I think there's a, you know, we can look knowing the story of that RC now, and I think you look back at it and go, oh, it wouldn't fit. But at the time, I think I don't know. I don't know how well you would have been acquainted with a Chrome Dome or stuff. Most kids like. Because some kids would have had him, but it was not the same where you were being like bombarded with media and stuff with it in. So it becomes that character. He was still at that point someone who only really appeared in what the an episode of the cartoon. A lot of people might not have seen, or some comics they might not have read. It would yeah. have just been a toy to a lot of people. But the point I'm making is that mm. many of us didn't buy Ironhide and Ratchet as kids or ask for them because they were such departures from the screen models. Mm. And I think if we had had RC looking like basically that futuristic blocky car in pink and then the the box art being the proportions of chrome dome in pink i think you might have experienced a similar sort of disconnect where people yeah. would have wanted an rc toy would have been like i don't know about that you know that's that's really not putting me in mind of who i've fallen in love with on the screen if you know what i mean yeah it's funny because um like you said about that guy earlier who didn't like a uh, retgar i didn't like most of the 86 movie toys at all like as a kid i really disliked them even though i had most of them but it was that disconnect from the movie because even though i'd had some of them before so i was going in with that mindset of they were different there's something about the movie you know the way we talk about it as a toy commercial Mm -hmm. but like when you actually look at it it's so again disconnected from that like with the amount of characters that are on screen that you couldn't get 
or either don't have toys. Oh, it's it's the worst toy commercial. It's yeah. like absolutely it's like, does not do what it says on the tin. <laughs> like, but like we talk all. about like Ironhide and Ratchet and stuff like that, not looking like the cartoon. But that movie felt like it was saying new toys. That's mm. what it was. But then those versions of those characters are so dynamic and so almost exciting the way they move because they have that flashy animation and that really really nice designs and stuff and then you get the toys of something like blur and cop and stuff like that and they are so far off that from Mm. what you've seen them doing in that and it's and to me that felt very different to the g1 cartoon when they did look completely different it's just everything in that movie with that animation the way they moved the the music everything different like blur as a kid i loathed that toy even today mm. it's one i still don't really like because it's not even close but we'll get on to like... your ridiculous opinions yeah. later but <laughs> if you notice <laughs> at the, yeah. the instruments of destruction scene i think they were subconsciously set in the scene by destroying ironhide ratchet and brawn on the shuttle like these are the ones who look the least like their toys kids yeah. And we're well, removing these from your life. Don't talk about Prowl. The, uh, they, they made Ironhide a bit more toy accurate, if anything, didn't they? Uh, oh, oh. Fantastic. That's a revelation. That's <laughs> a go. revelation, yes. Retcon. <laughs> <laughs> and sales just picked up from the... <laughs> oh, I can have a TV accurate Ironhide with no head. Yeah. It, it is a, that scene in particular is brutal, isn't it? Because, How do I mean, you know he shot him in the head? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? No, he might have shot him in the shoulder. To be fair, no. it's Megatron, and he usually missed, so it probably went for just it through the been floor. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, in it foot. probably blew a hole in the ship, and Ironhide just flew out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. We did see him flying about about City in the film. <laughs> the, the, do you know the biggest thing? The biggest thing about that scene for me actually is the juxtaposition with what comes, because of course you get the the headshot or whatever it is to Ironhide, you know, and the whole kind of dun 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 dun, you know, and that's it. And do you know what the next scene is? What it opens on? It's hot rod fishing. It's hot rod. Yeah, it's hot rod fishing, and it is literally like. And here's your new toy. It's yeah. it's just unbelievable. And it's how just... good does he look? And then he's got this yeah. scene with the hoverboard and you know that transformational lookout mountain. I mean, that, I don't know about you, but I was sold. Yeah. Oh yeah, that transformation. That is probably the most thrilling transformation in the yep. whole yep, 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 in the whole yep. film. In the it, whole it, it, ninety any, minute any transforms. If I could just have one transformation sequence, it would either be that or that first roll call in the pilot of season one. Yeah, 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 for sure. That hot rod thing. Well, I remember even my brother, who wasn't even really into Transformers, being like, that's cool. That's cool. I showed it, you know, I think I said to you, I showed it to to my son. Uh, I didn't show him the whole film, just that, because it's, you know, it's quite uber-violent. He's just a touch Mm. too young to it. But I did show him the hot rod sequence, Transforming, uh, just so everything, all the fishing, up to the bit where, you know, the, the shuttle comes in. And uh, I remember the bit when it transformed and his jaw just hit the floor. He was, And I actually audibly said, whoa, like that mm. as he was watching it. And it was a real, it was just a lovely thing to see. Absolutely lovely thing to see. Uh, and it's no, no surprise that even 35 years later, that scene is still capturing minds. Um, but I, I actually think the Hot Rod toy holds up. Would you agree, Liam? Or it was, Holds up? As in versus, because I'm talking about Liam's, crazy opinions that you know the, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. the toys were the toys were disappointing um well, that, it's well, yeah well that one yeah i still haven't heard a word from him like <laughs> yeah. i just heard mouth sounds i'm <laughs> oh, sorry I, I'm, a, I'm a mute can you hear me no um i think i had that toy three times as a kid so i did eventually grow to like it but um i, I love it more but it seems what do you mean toys. three times it's like did you get it and it's like nope and then all right i'll try it again nope uh, third time well, lucky broke by my brother the second one was the 
Target Master one to replace said one that was broke by a brother, and the other one I got from twenty p for twenty p from a car boot. Completely. Maz, thing. nothing about that should surprise you. This is the man who, in the last episode, had the had the revelation at the last. It was a mini sale actually that had the revelation that he watched the movie a second time to see if something different had happened, <laughs> uh, or if he just remembered it wrong. That, I was like four. He oh, watched my... it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, bless you. Do you know what's funny about that is that also mirrored the first time I saw season three on the TV, and I was little and ran up and hit the side of the TV because I thought it was wrong. You thought it was wrong? Yeah, because they'd been showing the normal G1 cartoon, uh... and uh, the, the bit I rem- the last episode they'd showed they did it, it was back to back, and the last one they showed was oh, not the Sherman Dam one, but it's one of the ones when they're around a dam and Starscream does that jump up into the you know above the waterfall, the little rainbow. Mm-hmm. And when it came back, it was season three, and I was so confused. I was like, no, yeah, what? you would be. What? what is this? Really confused. It's different time, very different time. It's a very different show, isn't it? At that point, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. a show. It is. It's totally different. completely different. Just mm. absolutely insane. Hot Rod, I, it just, at the time, it just felt so different. But I liked Hot Rod. Hot Rod was one of the, him and Ultra Magnus were the two. So that's, that was what I was going to say. Is it, yeah. In fairness to you, and I'm going to yeah. put myself in, in the path of Maz's ire a little bit here as well, yeah. but actually I don't think I was a major fan of the cup wow. toy as a kid. I think I... No, no, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. I, I've not had any appreciation for cup until recent years. Right, same. So I, I love it now. And uh, ever since I got the, the reissue version, TFC uh, reissue, Adore it. Absolutely yeah. adore it. Super fun transformation. Yes. I love the arms, love the legs, love the I love the click of the legs. The, oh, the clacks, closing the waist. The, oh man. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, love that's it. A great moment. Even love the way the feet pop out by pushing the wheels. Um, yes, all of yeah. it. Uh, it's actually probably, touch wood, one of my favorite G1 transformations. But I don't think yeah, I really, really appreciated it as a kid. And I think it was nope. exactly what you were saying, Liam. I think it just felt so different to the movie interpretation didn't and the the head didn't really look the same didn't really kind of looks like an old man but like not an old man in the way that he looks like in the film it's like a that's one i didn't like him his head's like an advent calendar chocolate you know because it's got that weird little flat bit on the back it's flat at the back it's like half of it's missing yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's what it always reminded me of but it's with those toys like with hot rod and cup i just remember even at that age i could feel they were different you know to the earlier toys that i'd had there's this Oh, I don't know how you describe it. Almost like a difference, like a lack of elegance compared. To, and even oh, did you feel that way about Hot Rod as well? Yeah, because no, I, there was something so about Hot Rod his... as a kid. I always felt that was different, and I was always regretting buying Rodimus Prime instead of Hot Rod. Oh yeah, but like if you pick that up and adapt some, you feel the differences because Hot Rod is so much. They're exactly the same. They're exactly. They both have rubbish roofs that come off. <laughs> Both have die cast, both have rubber wheels, just, I don't extraordinary know, was... pretty head sculpts, great colours. I remember loving the car, but I just there was just this feel to it, and I, I don't think I was ready for it, because I was that young, I think I'd only, I couldn't have been that long into Transformers, you know, or knowingly into them. See, I think, actually, I think I was, because uh, obviously you, you and I are the same age, Liam, but I think actually for me, Hot Rod was the right time to kind of come into it, whereas I think actually by comparison, a lot of the Diaclone era toys felt more fragile to me um, as a kid. And they did seem different, but I remember, you know, probably as a slight older kid, if anything, um, liking the Diaclone era toys and stuff like Inferno was a real favorite of mine. But I think Hot Rod was a, was a love from day one, mm-hmm. just because it felt awesome. It was just like, I, I remember yeah. some kid having it at school and instantly I was like, I want that toy. 
you know, I just same. Uh, I felt the same about Cyclonus and Scourge as well. Right. Those were just insta love figures for me, however different they were. And I think a movie that was so amazing is a massive influence on that because it was, oh, it's Cyclonus and oh, it's Scourge. But they were such fun toys. I think I played with those two much more than my other Transformers. I remember even having a Starship Enterprise from the next generation, and I would always use Cyclonus and Scourge as evil ships, you know, when I was playing with it. I just, I loved those toys so much. I even kept the uh, tech specs so I could uh, put down the number of a job interview years later. Uh, yes, I remember oh, that story. That? Yeah, that's always a good one. I was just going to say, like, one of the things I just really remember is the. The difference in, like, when you've got the Diaclone cars, they turn into actual cars. And so yeah. whatever the robot looks like, like with Ironhide and Ratchet, you're like, wow, by the, they're a car and you accept but that why? they're there. Why did I you appreciate them being cars? Because you know cars and you love cars, right? It's an no, impressive no, thing just, that they do. It, it just, there was like a magic to it of something that looked yeah. familiar. Because a lot of shops around here had the little vans and stuff, you know, so it always felt like something. That familiarity is exactly why I liked Scourge and Cyclonus, because they're vehicle modes were familiar from the movie which i love like i love cars and i love toy cars i love race cars i love trucks okay g1 transformers turning into those and f15 jets was mega but also you know cartoon was mega for me as well so seeing those toys turn into those guys was huge i didn't get that with Rekgar, for example see i think i think cop was the other one i had just before the movie so i think with that, there was no magic to it, I think, the first time I got it. You know, it tends yeah, to robot and a strange thing. weird. Yeah, if you've not seen the movie. It wasn't like you yeah. suddenly got a treat and were like, wow, you're like, oh, what's that? And then he's obviously the flat head. And, you know, there's so much stuff like this. The I arms like that starting from halfway down the torso as well is a bit odd. But it's even the way they, they fold in. It almost feels for a moment like the Diaclone cars, you know, the way yeah, they it right. rolls under. But it doesn't have that same, like, stopping point where it locks in. So That's you, true, actually. You, right. you remember you're, just, you're pushing them. So it, everything felt like a weird backward step which i guess is because it's experimental in their first attempt at doing it but it, it suddenly felt like a difference things you expected weren't mm. how they were and things you knew were suddenly different that's a really good comparison actually between cups mm. arms and like the datsun yeah. arms or jazz's arms for example that's uh, yeah they don't have a, a pegging point i always found that a weird one because they were asymmetrical uh, in the way that they went in and that always mm-hmm. as a kid struck me as quite strange because there weren't a lot of Actually, thinking about it, Blue Streak and all of those guys, they were asymmetrical as well, but it never seemed that way in a way that Cup did. Um, so there was something about that toy that did, that did seem strange. And yeah, if you'd not seen the movie at the time, I can't even imagine, really. That must have been very jarring. I love it now, though. That toy, I yeah. adore it. It's fantastic. What, Cup? It's completely different. Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different view on it now. When I pick it up, it it just looks really nice. It's- but you don't like Blur at the moment? Like Blur is not a toy that you like? Oh, no, no. I think Blur is one of the worst Transforms I've ever got. I remember getting that one. It'd be possibly the most disappointed I've ever felt. Really? Wow. Yeah, but because when you saw him on the screen, he was so... Everything about me is about speed and dynamism. Mm. Everything he's doing it is moving. <laughs> and then you get that boy and, oh, God, the robot mode, like, he looks like he's crunched in. Like, you know, when you go out and you go, oh, oh and someone goes, should have bought a coat, I told you. He's got that look. Everything about him is scrunched in at all times. But even his arms are like super squished in and straight. You know, like, and you were used to Transformers having not great articulation, but the arms were either proportionate generally or, you know, you could move them. But his, uh, like that, and he had the tiny legs that are really squished together. He just looked like it's really cold. The, and... the legs are weird because they are sort of articulated, but not. Like they, yeah. they, they bend at the knees but not in any purposeful way. And actually, they do have backwards hip movement yeah. for transformation, but again, not in any purposeful way. <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's a weird it's funny one. how it doesn't 
quite close up perfectly no. in car mode always kind of weirded me out as well. There's, there's a, there's a, yes, there's a lot of like getting the knees at the exact right angle to yeah. try and yeah. clip the feet in, and it never quite works. But I do, I have to, I do like that toy a lot. Same. But I can also, hearing what you're yeah. saying, Liam, I can totally appreciate all of that, and I think it's valid. Do you think it would have helped if it had the prototype's head sculpt, which is way closer to the cartoon model? No, I think it's because he was so memorable in the film and those attributes were so, you know, like the speed and the movement and everything like that, that when that toy came and it's the complete antithesis of it, like there's no... Couldn't you have just played with it really fast? <laughs> well, no, it's the shapes, like even his chest is enormous. He looks like he's wearing like a hockey jersey. It's just, just enormous. Everything feels counter to what that toy is and that horrible scraping noise of the, you know, the hand flaps when they... Get yeah, a, a very... De- very delicate toy, exceptionally yeah. hard to find in decent condition up. now. Very, very hard. Shield clips, man. The shield, the shield clips. clips. There's numerous things, isn't it? The shield clips, the, the the bits that you were talking about, Liam, that fold over his hands. Floppy sleeves. Floppy yeah. sleeves. Well, broken sleeves as well. Um, the discoloration is... His head ray. Yeah, yeah. The head ray gets bends. bent or it's been chewed on or you know whatever. Uh, sticker wear. It's paint rubbing off. Paint wear. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the paint off the... The front, the light blue sections on the front of the arms when they're in car mode is dreadful. Um, I only have the Target Master version to this day. And I looked into, you know, getting an an 86 version because the 87 one's got the belly button, of course. And Mm -hmm. I thought it would be fun. Uh, I've got the 86 one. Yeah, right. I I thought it'd be fun to have both at one stage. And then after a while. It is fun. No, I think you should still do it. I have the 86 one as well. And getting the 86 one was really great because it was a really good condition one. It was someone else's childhood one, but they'd preserved it beautifully. And uh, again, that was at an age maybe three, four years ago for me that I got it, only about a year after the Target Master. And I was able to appreciate just how nice a toy it is because it was in great condition. Mm. Things were clicking, going into place, and it was just experiencing a new transformation, a new toy I didn't have all these years that I'm so familiar with. It's like, oh, I've got a blur, an original blur. And yes, modern blurs are way better at being blur, like Studio Series Blur or Titan's Return Blur. You know, those are two superb toys. But no, I, I disagree with you that it's impossible to appreciate that thing now. Because if we're going to start talking about proportions being wrong and how certain proportions make toys look, you've got to start talking about things like Double Dealer not being perfectly fitting, you know, with those little flappy arms of his, but massive shoulders and giant head. But that doesn't detract from that toy's fun. And I don't think what you're saying detracts from Blur's fun. Yeah, but that's not what it is, though. Like, I can go on board with that. There's all the character stuff, but Blur just felt always feels like... I didn't say about character. No, but that's what I mean. Like, there's it. You don't know what like, you mean. You're not even listening. I am listening and I'm responding in kind. But uh, <laughs> but even now, like when I pick it up, like it just it's not fun. It's not a fun toy because even like the car mode. I remember as a kid being excited for that. I thought that would be a saving grace. And then it's like you know when people complain about jets having kibble underneath. And I've never been. I never cared about that. But here it just felt like a block on this thing that they showed you looked really dynamic and yeah, but again. I, I thought that was the case too because he's got those rubbish knee wheels you know yeah. that sort of thing but posing him for photographs now i realized that you know most of the time he kind of looks like he's hovering because it just sort of elevates that part of the front and it's he's just sitting on the legs which are right there but also the rest of the chassis is above so it kind of looks like the hover car that blair is 
No, not a fan. I didn't like the shield either. I never liked that. I thought that was... You didn't like the shield? What's, no, what's the problem it, with the shield? I don't even like the shield because it doesn't do anything. His arms don't move to do anything with it. So he just look Again, it fits into that proportions thing where he looks like he's freezing cold and he's, everything's squished in. And it just, yeah, unpleasant. So would you say it's fair to say that you don't like Blur? Uh, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't class, classify myself as a fan, I'll put it that way. Do you know? But I of, like the newer toys. Of, of, got there, of yeah. all the toys I thought we were going to talk about tonight, I didn't think Blur would be the, the hot topic. Do you know? What I mean? <laughs> it would be the one that would kind of divide opinion. So I, much. I kind of get what he means. For years, I didn't buy those toys. You know, I didn't go looking for those toys when I entered the vintage hobby. Like Cup and Blur were like, no, I'm not going there. I don't need them. They don't look good. It was only years later when they came to me in like collections of bigger toys. Yeah. That I could say, okay, well, I own this now. I got it at a crazy good price, and it's in great condition. I'm sure that had some effect on my appreciation for it. Like, and maybe otherwise, it wouldn't have been so easy to appreciate what they had. Like, if I paid seventy, eighty quid for a slightly worn blur, maybe I would have had the same reaction. Like, yeah, why did I do that. Yeah, that's fair. It does wear really badly. This is exactly all the same points we we're saying about Retgar, isn't it? That if yes. it's if it's slightly knackered in any way the sheen is taken right off and it's so easy to necker as well. But I I can also appreciate it. It's a toy that I really like, I think because I had it as a kid, so I've got some nostalgia for it. Um, And I do really like the blue. And actually, I kind of like the design of it anyway. I know it's not perfect by any stretch. Um, And I could see arguments against it being, you know, maybe like the most fabulous G1 toy of all. So I I totally get what you were saying about it, Liam. I love it though. I just just turned around and on my shelf. I absolutely love G1 Blue. I do do like it more now as an adult. I got it the Christmas straight after the movie. So it was Christmas 86. And it was the the most disappointing present of that day. But now as I'm older, I don't dislike it quite so much. Yeah. So you're telling me you didn't get a single more disappointing present than G1 Blur on that day? No, because when I opened it, it was not the toy I was. It's pretty good Christmas though, man. Hey, that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, it's not done badly. I is mean, it, if that's his... I, I hear how these words sound coming out of my mouth, but then it's just I don't know. There's just something about that toy. But like, that's one of those ones where I've always wanted like an ideal version of it ever since, and I think it's rooted in that in those memories. So when they did the Studio Series eighty six one, that I like that. I one. do know what you mean actually, because I kind of feel like no toy. Well, certainly, um, you know, we'll talk about modern toys maybe briefly, but the no toys for ages ever quite got cartoon blur right. And actually, to be honest, I've never handled the Studio Series one, but the look of it does not do it for me. I've got to be honest. I'm sure it's a fine toy. It transforms really nicely. I've heard all of those points, but the look of it does not feel yeah. at all like the cartoon to me. That's just based on yeah. all the many, many, many photos I've seen of it. Um, the one that actually does, and I'm sure people will disagree with me on this, is the fans toys one, bizarrely. It's the first toy of blur it's not a perfect toy by any means it's hateful to transform hateful absolutely hateful but um but the look at the robot mode and the way the robot mode handles is really nice and in my opinion it's the only toy i've uh, come across that makes me feel like it's cartoon blur so i so i do get that it's i think it's a tricky one it's a tricky design to get right can, can, I, can i blow your mind there go on so i don't like the fans toys one and do you know why Looks too much like the cartoon. Oh man! What? what? I think that we need, we need to move on. <laughs> what what are we doing here? Because he's just making <laughs> zero a... sense here. I, I think we've just doing? established the reason he doesn't like G One Blur <laughs> is because he just doesn't like Blur. It's not that it. it looks like the cartoon or not. It's that it's there's just this not lack of dynamism to it. This it doesn't capture that feeling. That that crime honestly. That like. And that toy, it just I just don't think it's a very nice looking toy. Or a, 
nice sword handle. Doesn't have. Okay, so you and Grimlock what and you and Blair. Have, honestly, you... <laughs> it's what is going on? What is What's going a on? positive? Can it, can I ever you say there's one gr- definitively great thing about that blur toy? Go on. Something that stri- straight to mind you go. That's great, and I remember it. The color. The, the color. Yeah. The the shape. The vehicle mode. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love that he has a shield. I saw your mouth open and then sit there for a few seconds while you struggled to think of something to say, Maz. Don't even just follow six over there with the <laughs> I, I was actually struggling yeah. not to say certain things, <laughs> I think, is, is more accurate. You're, you're going to say, the camera froze. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Blur has certainly proven to be a contentious yeah. topic, I would say. Do you know what occurs to me is how weird it is that that toy has never been reissued? And I always think it's a strange one because I remember coming back to vintage stuff. Is it uh, <laughs> you shut up. I remember coming back to vintage stuff and, it, and thinking, okay, it's, it's dead easy to get a hot rod, dead easy to get a cup. Where's Blur? And the fact that you could only get a vintage Blur, just uh, and then you've got to kind of make the choice because there are really good reissues of hot rod and cup that do the target master and non-target master thing together. Whereas right. with Blur, you've kind of you know you've really kind of get both. If, and of if, course. You know, they did a repaint of Cup. Can you imagine? It would have been brilliant to get an e-hobby repaint of oh, Blur man. as well. It would have been so nice. Else. So nice. And, and there's, I think there's some really lovely colours that you could put that mould through um, and have it look really, really stunning. Mm-hmm. Like an orange one or something like that could look really cool. I don't know. I don't know what character or what. I'm sure they would have come up with something. But it's, it's a shame that we never got another take on Blur. Uh, yep. He's sort of been stuck there, but uh, maybe <laughs> yeah, I was going to say maybe we'll move on, shall we? Because there are plenty more. 86 you mess your face there are plenty more 86 movie toys to talk about not just Blair uh, and Retgar uh, we haven't really talked about Hot Rod all that much yet but because we've spent 21 previous episodes I was going to say <laughs> extolling the virtues of G1 Hot Rod we, we probably have G1 toy that's ever been released probably have covered him quite a bit haven't we so yeah, and, we and Rodimus really Prime to some extent would you say it's fair to say we've given Rodimus I think we need to give Rodimus a bit of airtime. Well, I was going to say, actually, Rodimus for me is another toy that there's a bit of a theme emerging here, isn't there? Is is one that if you've got it in so-so Nick, probably doesn't present the best. Um, I don't know. I think even in excellent Nick, the limitations are right there. Yeah, it's not... It, I, it, yeah, it's got qualities that I really like, but it is what it is. It's, it, yeah, the, the robot mode is a brick, let's be honest. It's... um. And and half the the car mode. The funny thing as a kid, I always remember was the the but bricks bricks have substance. It's it's more yeah. like a plank. Yeah, it's a plank. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a plank. Plank with a spoiler. <laughs> In fact, you remember that thing? What was it? That thing planking that everybody on the internet was doing. It is it's like that, isn't it? If you just lie him down, that's what he's doing. Basically, he can do the plank. He can do the plank. <laughs> no, he can't because he's got no elbows. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true, but uh, I also also think the fact that to transform him, you've got to lose half the uh, truck mode, and the fact that it comes off, and then you've just got kind of a a really crap hot rod, just kind of like half a car just lying there with the feet sticking. I don't think you can even justify by calling it a really crap hot rod. I don't think it's even halfway there. It's not. It's not. It's a bizarre toy. It's one that I guess I really like. I've got tons of time for my same, but. I can't explain it. No, you know? I can. I can honestly sit there and say, yes, it's not a brilliant toy. Do you know what I mean? I, and I can totally quantify many reasons for that. But the sound that the cannon in the trailer makes when you compress it and fold Ooh. it away or extend it—that's that satisfying. Zip noise is yes, zip. Yeah, it is. It is a zip noise, isn't it? It's like a. It's like a. It's a. It's a great feel as well. Oh, we've lost him. 
He's going to recreate it. He's, he's he? going oh, to. Yeah, here he goes. He's got his. I think we might go. We go for a wee, but. <laughs> This is about to come the rod pod. The rod. Awesome. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, that noise. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, that and Ultra Magnus's arms. That those two noises. Yeah, if if you've got an Ultra Magnus that's actually able to move those arms with ease, <laughs> yeah. like reissue, unlike the vintage. But yeah, no, there's something about that toy. I, I love the vehicle mode. And that's why I really want the rubber wheeled vintage or reissue because I think rubber wheels and the hubs that come with the rubber wheel one really accentuate what's great about vehicle modes generally. It looks like something you want to roll and it would be a satisfying feeling to roll it along. Whereas when you roll this one, it's a bit scrapey. <laughs> it's like rubber wheel magnus compared to it's them, so plastic, the same wheel plastic wheels they use quite frequently because they use that on metroplex as well yeah yeah, it's all metroplex too yeah and was it ultra magnus as well where they swapped yeah. them out for yeah and italian optimus prime for a while too why did they make the running change for those toys is it just cost cutting i guess I, it's cost cutting i mean think about all the changes that magnus went through losing plastic windows and rubber is no longer used plastic was used for the wheels then paint was reduced the amount of paint the die cast on rodimus prime's feet was replaced with black plastic and that's the version we got in in europe entirely versus you know canada and the u.s getting the metal wheel rodimus prime with the rubber wheels you know it's just yeah cost cutting it's fair to say though i still think actually that you know regardless of the design or whatever stuff like rodimus even with the plastic wheels still presents pretty nicely it's still like a it's still a nice looking toy it's also rodimus prime yes the dude from the movie who's running like that while unicron is exploding behind him he's the hero he's incredible looking with in the his movie. Uh, I mean, stiff legs that don't i, I was just gonna to say you're talking about blur <laughs> not moving like the film i mean that. <laughs> That's what I mean. We talked about how iconic those moments are in that movie, but none of those toys can do, you know, they're like He's running, he's running, he's running, and then you get the toy in end and you're like, oh, yeah, what a plank. I remember as a kid being absolutely wowed by Rodimus's vehicle mode. Like, that's even today, that's still stunning. I still think that's the best version of that toy other than MP9. The the vehicle mode is better than the robot mode, I would say. That's one of of the toys, G1 toys, that can legit say the the vehicle mode is better. Yeah, I was, I remember as a kid being very disappointed with the robot mode, Rodimus, his old man face, but the vehicle mode, it was always straight back into that. That Base is cool too. You know, his trailer's kind of wicked. Yeah, that's what, it comes the, out. Yeah, the blast made. shields, man. Blast yeah. shields. Insta-lose. <laughs> blast shields. Yeah. Always missing. Annoying that there was nowhere to keep the blast shields in right. vehicle <laughs> mode. Like, they didn't slot yes. in at all or anything. That was an oversight. That was something that... And that's the kind of thing that on modern toys just wouldn't happen now. There's no way mm. that you would get, like, this little accessory for the one, the one mode. I'm sure the Kingdom Rodimus has them built in or something. I don't know. Well, hey, at least G1 Rodimus's trailer closes, right? Hey, you say no bad things about my boy. <laughs> you say nothing. No, but do you not think the Rodimus trailer like feels like a really weird first attempt from Hasbro to call back to the Optimus trailer, but quite badly in a way. In the way, it's not a bad trailer, but the Optimus trailer, the stuff goes inside it. And the Rodimus trailer, like the blast shields feel like extra parts, like roller or stuff like that. Yeah, they maybe. They fit in. But you, you still got a deck. It's mad that they don't fit in there, isn't yeah, it? It is mad. I know. It's such a weird thing. There should just be a little slot or something for them to yeah. go somewhere. It is mad. I've got to be honest, though, in regards to stuff going inside it, you know, the cars or whatever, not until that Kingdom Rodimus toy did it ever really even occur to me? You know, that picture obviously came out and everybody suddenly was like, oh my God, stuff can go in the trailer. It never even occurred to me that that would be something that I would need or want on a Rodimus toy. At no point 
in I the love 80s. That yeah, yeah, it's right. it's, it's, a it's great feature. A very, very, very not. cool feature. All credit to the Kingdom Rodimus toy. You know, long as it is. But the the <laughs> <laughs> I got to say that, but yeah. the subway mobile. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> it is a long toy. Yeah, it's it's a submarine with wheels. That's that's very well put. I think. I know. I meant like the subway sandwich. <laughs> <It's like laughs> I've heard many, many, many good things about Kingdom Rodimus. So I'll take that on face value. I love that uh, it's good. Good. But uh, but the, the, it never occurred to me back in the eighties that the original that it didn't open or or have cars going no. into it or whatever it would have been cool. It was Rodimus Prime's personal space, wasn't it? Yeah, it never even occurred to me that it was supposed Quite to in be his bedroom about that kind yeah. of a trailer. That it, I don't know, I just I don't know what was supposed to be in there. It was just like a big hung- Rodimus. Rodimus was yeah, exactly, to be in there. That's exactly. It. Yeah, it's just that. All his toys. That's where he keeps them. Right. I'm I'm really keen to buy the rubber wheeled version of this toy in excellent condition to see how different it feels and what kind of effect it has on how I feel about the toy. Because I do actually love the toy. I've got so many great memories of this toy and I was really keen to add it to my vintage collection. And I've got a really nice vintage one at the moment, uh, but I really would love to know what the rubber wheeled one feels like. And I want a vintage one, ideally. It's just, I'm really, really keen to know. Probably feels a little bit rubbery, if that helps. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually removed my need to there you go. buy it and find out now. I'm just glad to be of assistance. The Transformers will return after these messages. Right, well, it's that time of the podcast where we're going to talk about our sponsor, which is tfsource.com. Check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And today we're going to take a quick look at their website and see what they've got in stock and up for pre-order at the moment. Lots of good stuff going on there, lads. Uh, for me, I've got to say... It's Masterpiece Thundercracker, old MP52 Plus. Don't really get why it's Plus, but it is. It's the new uh, the new Thundercracker that's really kind of caught my eye. Uh, I have one on the way. Cannot wait for that. So very, very excited. Uh, how about you, fellas? Do you know, I'm still looking at that Turtles van with the pizza wheels. <laughs> <laughs> that still catches my eye. But the other thing was... Uh... Sexy Walk Silencer from uh, Bingo yeah, yeah. Toys. It's really nice. That's an amazing like stock image. It's just such a good stock image. Yeah, it's really good. I was looking at that and thinking, why don't more photos of toys have that walk? I'm going to do it more often. I'm going to give it a bit of a go. I have done walking shots like that before, but I need to do more of them now, having seen that. Yeah, but the serious answer for me is, now that I've had an opportunity to play with and photograph a fan's hobby ace hitter, I love the siren repaint, the red buzzer. I think that looks great. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited. I know it's a fun toy. And you were absolutely right. It is so much easier and more enjoyable to transform Ace Hitter than Athena was. Athena, I wouldn't want to transform to car mode again. I I really feel like they refined it between those two toys. It's because it's a similar-ish transformation, but you can see the the kind of evolution of it. So I'm dead excited about um, Cap that they've got coming up as well. It's coming up Mm. at the end of this month, I think. Um, the, The third one, the hose head. Um, oh, or, or that Armada Megatron is, is all I'm looking at. The more they publish photos of it, the more I just cannot wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, that. that's been shunted back ever so slightly. They sent out a note yeah. saying it's gone back to January, um, but still cannot wait. Cannot right, wait. Same. Very, very excited for that. It looks as fun a toy to me as that uh, TFC Toys Rolling Thunder does. Mm. It just looks that level of, I'd love to get my hands on it sort of thing. I, I got this weird uh, kind of dichotomy now, though, where. Um, because I know that I'm going to be doing videos on all of these, where the more features and gimmicks that these toys yeah. have, the more I'm like, my God, that's going to be... How, how are you getting on with that battle convoy video? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly. That's, the, the proof is in Three the pudding, later. do you know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah. it just, it, it, 
it's not work and I'm never going to complain about it of course it's still loads of fun but there is a kind of daunting aspect of it as well of like oh man that's like going to be that's a job that's a job to do do you know what I mean it's uh yeah but anyway you know it's like Liam complaining about Blur being his worst ever <laughs> Christmas present do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> you know what you're going to do correct opinions <laughs> right speaking of Liam what's caught your eye well well, you know me, always prepared. So I have the page open this time. And, um, that, <laughs> you know, there we go. See? Wow. You know what? For all the times we've done this, I didn't realize that you could have a window open. That's what you were doing. I was like, they must be looking on the phone or something. But, I uh, did wonder why you yeah. kept asking me what was on the page. And I was like, <laughs> Sorry, just if you, look at it. If you just learned about tabs in internet browsers, <laughs> is that what we're just discovering now? Yes. No, it's... I realised I could still hear you talking without seeing your faces on the video. Oh my God, the wonders of technology. But, but yes, That's the, why he's uh, never looked away. He's worried we'll go. If he looks away. <laughs> Don't leave. But um, yes, the I am quite enjoying this tiny-bodied, big-headed little Optimus Prime here. Yeah, it, cool. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It looks cool. He looks pretty rad, as the kids might say. So yeah, quite like that. Nendroid, I think that's what that is. Is there, is, is there a Megatron as well, or just an Optimus? Uh... If there is one, it's not on this front page. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> is there ever just an Optimus, though? No. Anymore. How long till they do the black one? That's good. That's uh, inevitable, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's a given at this stage, I would say. So, yeah, yeah. that does look good. Uh, I actually think that that, um, that Megazord as well looks pretty ace. I don't know if you've seen that, that um, yeah. the Power Rangers thing. That looks really, really cool. Apparently, you can take the faceplate off and it's got little the little Rangers in there. Uh, but does it have pizza wheels? i need that have you seen just on turtles that you can also get perhaps they have it on this website you know they've reissued the vintage like turtles van and the turtle blimp but in the original packaging no yes they're all over america and australia apparently for like 50 dollars, but not in this country oh that'd be a nice source if they have them or they might have it on toy source yeah yeah probably on toy source if anything so cool yeah well lots of good stuff in stock there so do check them out uh, tfsource.com got loads of third party stuff they've got some vintage stuff actually as well they sent out a tweet uh, this week uh, and and probably on other socials as well saying that they actually had some g1 stuff coming to it's stock probably gone. it probably has i, I noticed that i think they had thundercracker g1 thundercracker and a couple of other dirge. bits yeah, dirge. dirge yeah yeah it looked pretty good actually so um but yeah it's, it may have gone already but um worth having a look uh, but yeah loads of good stuff on there check them out tfsource.com for all your transformers and third party needs <laughs> We now return to the Transformers. Right, well, we're back. And uh, you know what another good 1986 toy is? Uh, is Springer, isn't it? Springer is an interesting one. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Because it's a toy which has features that, for me, tie it a little bit to 1985. Right, I could see that. And and then it's also got this wildly 1986 nowhere near diaclone microchange kind of feel as well i think it's the the way the rubber wheels look they just look straight off a g1 car yeah they really you know, do the little chrome hub and rubber wheels and uh i mean that that, that car mode is really pushing it isn't it like, yeah, as, tri- car- as far as triple changes go yeah. that's like oh you know suspension of disbelief it's a weak one but the helicopter mode is wicked yeah i like the helicopter the the car mode i appreciate because it's got the bit that kind of slides you know, to kind of truncate the proportions mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It, I remember always being confused as a kid as to where that bit was supposed to go, if it was supposed to be longer for helicopter or whatever. 
Um, and I do really like the action of the the um, the, the back bit of the helicopter kind of sliding out mm. of the legs. I think that's really nice. Um, do you think it's the size of it? I was going to say about Springer, the thing that Maybe. always gets me is that it's so he's so small. Um, but that's that's the kind of thing that for me ties it to 1985 as well. Yeah, exactly. That's that, my point. I think yeah, that's, yeah. Um, I think that's it. Is that it feels more like a Blitzwing or something like that, doesn't it? Because it's yeah. it's kind of in that size class. I so wish his face was painted. That would make such a difference, wouldn't it? Other than just being solid green the whole way through. Yeah, the face is not the best. No. I would say the stickers are possibly the worst. Like, yeah. So I got recently oh, a yeah. vintage. Uh, well, because this is only a vintage G1 Springer, no reissue, apart from maybe I'm sure there's some KOs of it. I think there are, but uh, yeah, I got a, a lovely vintage Springer, and the I wanted a non-stickered one because the, when they've been stickered up, they inevitably yeah, yeah. look dreadful. And yes. uh, I'm glad I got it, but man, the firstly the stickers are horrible to apply for the most part, and it's the the ones on the wheel arches on the top that are just the the bumpy ones. Oh man. That, I think those are factory. Um, I can't remember actually, but they but they they look. There are a couple of them like that that are very hard to apply. Uh, so I'm trying to remember actually. Maybe they are factory those ones, but they it's still the ones that are cut incorrectly for. I think it's either his shoulders or his le- or his shins. Yeah, there are like, some just not cut right. But the, the the most egregious thing on mine is that they won't stay down. Um, yep. And in, in the absence of Toy Hacks sticker fixer, which was a yeah. godsend, <laughs> please start making right, that me. again. Toy Come Hacks, on, I know. Guys, start it up. Just get it back on on the on the. I've, I've been making a list of things I'm going to use sticker fixer every time I move or dust my collections. Like, yes, sticker fixers needed for this, 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 this. Yeah, I really because my other tube just dried up completely, and I used it regularly. I just need that sticker fixer because they're they're on the ones on the legs, uh, on the sides of his arms as well. And it's to the point now where if I have him in a, a photo, uh, of, you know, in a, particularly in a group shot, lineup or whatever, I'm literally at the last second there, like, you know, just trying to press them down and sort of like rub them a bit to hope that they stick. Um, and then I, I take the picture as quickly as possible. I'm almost like pressing the shutter button and, and it's on a delay, like whilst I'm still pressing the stickers down because they just will not hold at all. Yeah. It's absolutely a nightmare. I completely understand. And I also just don't like the look of some of them, like the ones on his shins with the sort of diagonal bits they just they look so bizarre they're actually i don't i quite like the look of them actually and um they actually remind me of diaclone stickers a bit as well no with the kind of some of the, the weird suppose. detail and stuff shoulder ones definitely with the with the triangle on 100 percent remind me of diaclone and microchange but yeah no maybe you've got a point still don't like them <laughs> fair enough it is it's an odd toy all around yes. i guess because it's so small is is the main thing for me. I do like the design. Uh, the car mode is is a bit, but the car mode was a bit duff in the film and the cartoon and stuff as well, wasn't it? It was never, you know, it was never a primary focus. It was a futuristic Robin Reliant. Yeah, it was a little bit, but with the wheel at the back. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if he was intended to be a triple changer in the film because he transforms once into a car, and it was a, very much a kind of version of the helicopter. Whereas all the other triple changes, the other triple changes do something weird to get into a third mode don't they like they flip over i mean look at blooming sandstorm the oh, effort that goes to wonderful example of how to do it that right? is yeah. that is perfection honestly and and springer is not as good it's fair to say no. um as a toy uh, plus it's really easy to lose the rotors yes and the chrome wear on that toy is just mad 
yeah. everything from the the rotors to the guns almost always green the green plastic underneath has come through it's such a difficult toy to find in good condition yeah it's true it's true and of course the first releases had the metal chest which chip paint really badly yeah and that's uh, and then there's the paint wear on the window as well what a toy i don't think i've ever handled a metal chest version of springer i think it's a bit unwieldy i don't think the balance is there i, I could see that because he, he doesn't stand up very stably at all anyway actually the robot mode he's not um he's not a solid dude do you know what i mean I, yeah. I just think it's a weird one because you look at the character of the of the film and he's obviously one of the tallest characters apart from magnus mm-hmm. and then you look at the toy and i don't know i can kind of see how characters like blur and hot rod and those guys how through the gestation of the film how they kind of came about and Springer, I just, I, I don't, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it looks it's so far off. Yeah. It? It, so much. it looks like it was a Diaclone toy that was ported over um, and that they stuck in the film um, rather than one that was designed retroactively. So it's really weird. Except the Diaclone triple changer probably has a lot better proportions. And I just think a lot about that Diaclone triple changer plane helicopter looks better than Springer does. Mm. I also think the the arms are very strange. The way that they yeah. fold forward, and then the way that they kind of sit almost with his shoulders out in front. Um, it's a, re- it's, a it, it's a weird look. Generally, I, 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 as we're talking about it now, I'm almost convincing myself that it's actually one of my not my least favorite G1 toys, but it's it's definitely not a highlight for me. Yeah, I think the affection for it comes from it being Springer. Yeah, and when he's in copter mode you're looking at that thinking yeah that's springer you know with a bit of chrome and a bit of lovely paint and yeah the copter mode is is a is a, is a highlight that's a standout um aside from the weird arms on the side of it but uh, other than that all good uh, on the copter mode but yeah the robot mode is it's it's a bit of a letdown mm-hmm. i remember when i got the um the gold box classics era version mm-hmm. I remember because I'd had it before and I wasn't a fan. And when that one came, I thought, "Oh, maybe give it another go." And I was not a fan of it then either. Mm. I just, uh, yeah. Just I'm never... still waiting for my G1 Springer. I have one on the way. I've just got to finish paying for it. And it's stickers applied, but it seems to be perfect. So it's one of those massively rare occasions where a stickers applied toy, totally vintage, uh, looks like it hasn't been used. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to experiencing it again now. You know, after all these years again, I used to have a um, Canadian G1 Springer, which is actually really rare. It's called Ricochet. The Canadian mm. name for G1 Springer is Ricochet. And I had that um, back in 2001, and that was the last time I had it. So I'm really looking forward to handling the toy again. It's been that long. It's been 20 years. Oh, my God. Wow. What? That's horrific. Moving I'm looking forward swiftly. to yeah, yeah, all indeed. the posters and like how it's like the new classic toy. I'm excited for you to get it. Like, yeah, yeah. There's some weird, really looking forward there's to some that. weird in that toy, like how the the sort of shoulder pad sections around, like the the wheel arches, I suppose, how they click up and down and things like that. Um, and it's always kind of hard to know exactly which configuration they're supposed to be in any given yeah. mode. It's, it's it's a weird one. Um, speaking of which, another weird toy for you. And uh, one that I would say is legitimately not a favorite is Wheelie. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Very lame duck of a toy, you know. It's like I love, I love the car mode. Yes, I love the car, car mode. Mode's cool. Car mode's the cool. robot mode. Oof. Beyond that, it's one of the worst out there. Yeah, for G one. I mean, it's definitely the worst G one mini bot by yeah, a country yeah. mile. It, it doesn't even stand. No, it, it does not stand. And how has that happened? And even the reissue, 
just still doesn't stand. No, it doesn't. The, the legs, uh, it's because the legs are not kind of joint up, whereas they, I feel like if the legs were just a solid piece, it would actually be a little bit more stable, but it's impossible to get the two feet. Um, it, uh, even the, um, the what's it, the, re, the repainted version, is it Dion? Mm-hmm. Yes. Even that, yes, exactly. forget it. <laughs> but it is such a lovely car mode. And I actually think if it did stand up and was solid, I could totally get on with that. And it could be G1 wheelie. I was like, okay, that's G1 wheelie. That's just how he is. It's so far removed. Yeah, it's it's got all the deary curves as well. That's I think that's what makes the robot mode somehow weirder. It's how curvy he is. Everything about it just looks really strange. It's just, I don't know, like the face and the chest and the... Yeah. It's really like it's just a really arms. nothing toy to me. I don't know. Like I, I legitimately can find good to say about most G1 toys. And yes, the car mode and wheelie I really like, but the robot mode is just so crap. I mean, the the legs <laughs> are just spindly. The one looks like he's wearing a nighty. Yeah, I was just going to say he looks like he's wearing you know his dad's t-shirt or something because it's <laughs> kind of this little spindly legs just sticking out from the bottom of him, pretty unpurposely. The proportions are horrific. The arms are just non-existent. They're like doesn't really have hands or anything. Um, they kind of fold down from the sides of his head. Uh, it's just <laughs> he's like a bizarre triangular shape. He's got that little flap for his head. The face is yeah. awful. Uh, frankly, is really bad face sculpt. And and that flap even is like one that I always remember people losing as a kid, like because it, it comes off. But then is it supposed to sit at a Ford angle like that, like a little cap, hmm. which presumably it is. Or you get or people like a toilet seat, yeah, exactly all the way up, and it just looks <laughs> terrible. It's, it's... But it's mad how some people really love that toy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Ticknat's gone and done his own GCWO entry for it. He's so enamoured with it's wheelies, he, and none of us wants it. I know it's because he knew that if any of us got our hands on it and had to write about <laughs> it, we'd be like, "Ugh, do you know what I mean?" So, well, I've just done my entry for you. There you go. Someone yeah. can type that up, and but that's it. Isn't this on-screen model of him is? really cool looking so to the point where titan's return wheelie was one of the best toys of that scale i've handled it was a wicked transformation and looked great it could have been done way better than that surely it it is a thing though like i know we were talking about it earlier but it is a thing how those characters in particular from the movie are so identified with the cartoon in a way the other transformers aren't and it's, it's so i don't know it's so different how they turned out like that particularly wheelie and again just he just fell too far from the tree, I think. Yeah. But it's even then, I think even without the character from the film, it's just a bad toy. He doesn't have anything of his own, does yes, he? No, it's, yeah. a bad toy. it's just a bad toy. It's not a fun toy to handle and then pose because it doesn't. No. It's it's one that I would say is just an out and out bad G1 toy. And I say that very rarely about G1. Agrees. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I feel entirely yeah. the same. Yeah, you know. Sorry, Kit. It's got this weird alien vibe that it doesn't work. There's nothing about the robot where you can. I agree. Even on its own, there's the saving grace to it. You're like, oh, I could appreciate that or something else. It just, it, it looks like it was done wrong. Yeah. Basically. And am I, am I right in saying that on the Hasbro card, it's packaged in robot mode? Well, that's a good question. Because actually, I don't. I don't think um, any of them came packaged in robot in car mode anymore. Minibots after 1984. I guess that's I think right. It's just the pre-robot. I think you're right. They were. Yeah, they were all in at robot le- mode. At least, if you could get a carded wheelie in car mode, it looked superb as yeah. a as a display item. But didn't even give you that. They weren't even trying to fool the kids at this point, were they? They were no. just like, "Here's your crap toy. Get on with it." Do you know what I mean? Uh, and and let's be fair. Even as a kid, I don't recall anybody clamoring. For a toy of wheelie, but it was it was quite 
is that word again? It was quite ubiquitous. I remember a lot of people had it as a, as a oh, child. I didn't know anyone who had it. Oh, I, I knew quite. Yeah, till, I knew quite a few people. My old age. I had it. It's just. Uh... I always remember getting it, but I, I remember being really besotted with the wheels. I don't know why the wheels. I've always been really fond of the wheels because they're grey and really little. There's just something neat about them. It's car mode's fun. Mm. At least there's that. Nice colours as well. It's a fun car mode, car yeah. Car- and it's the color good cool. for photographs. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one that you kind of got to own, isn't it? If you collect G1, it's it's just one of them. So, but yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on then to something that um, is a little bit more of a, uh, you know, a bit more favourable, you might say, which is the, the boy, Ultra Magnus, uh, of course, is the only, <laughs> Maz is already pulling a little face of, oh, of just awe. Uh, it's the only a toy. fine Autobot. Yes. A fine <laughs> Autobot. Indeed. And the only, the only toy today that is um, hand-me-down, interestingly, uh, although done in different colours. Guys. What a toy Ultra Magnus is. What a fantastic toy. And I honestly think as the years go by, I'm starting to like it more than Optimus Prime as as that mold. It's just fantastic. Everything about it is brilliant. Man, that, that Christmas I got Blur. I also got Ultra Magnus, so you can understand why attention was all on that. But I remember but then you could that. carry Blur on Ultra Magnus. You could, you know, do the whole Autobot cars and trailer thing. Yeah, you I need make, them. Why would I want to make Ultra Magnus look worse? Why would I make <laughs> awful. Wow. Piece of junk on the back. Well, that, <laughs> you know what? You know, because I never had the original Optimus Prime before that. So that was my first experience of that Same. mold. But I knew straight away what it was, even yeah. despite not having had the toy. I knew what it was. And so it became like a white Optimus Prime. But I just remember that it was such a special toy, putting that Agreed. together for the first time. Fantastic the thing about in it, box. Looks yeah. tremendous in the box. That's the other thing. The box, I just remember being like opening it and just being like, wow. Yes. And the noises. That's the thing I, yeah. I remember most about because I still remember putting it together for the first time. It's all the noises versus anything else. Again, it's the and it's the, the arms, isn't it? It's the little clink, clink, yeah. clink of the of the arms as you as you retract them and expand them and things. Um, but yeah, like you, I, I think I had it before. Uh, the second-hand Optimus Prime G1, the uh, yeah. Yeah, original one that I got. And uh, again, was just absolutely fascinated by um, the white prime uh, of it. And then obviously, like every kid in the 80s, saw the return of Optimus Prime on VHS and instantly thought so, that it was the alloy-coated Optimus Prime, yeah. you know, the hate plague-resistant Optimus Prime, um, just with a blue face for some reason. I'm trying to remember, actually, if mine even had a blue face or a white face or which Mine did. Was. Mine was actually a UK-bought, rubber-wheeled, painted Magnus, and I think it made a huge difference because it looked like a premium toy. Right. And it still yeah. does. I mean, my childhood one is is quite yellow, discoloured, still got all its parts. And I, uh, when I've dug that out again about a year or two ago in London, I still didn't have a rubber-wheeled, painted Magnus in the kind of condition I collect now. But even my childhood Magnus, when I put it all together, put the head on with the painted face, I was stunned. And I remember tweeting how stunned I was by how good it looked, even with mm-hmm. the faded colors and a bit of looseness. And just that experience for as a kid of assembling Ultra Magnus as the super robot. Yeah, definitely. The painted face makes such a difference. It's, all the difference, The, the yeah. plain blue face will never compete with that. And it does... Um, it's almost criminal that they stopped painting the face because it just it, yeah it looks, for kids I agree yeah it looks very but now as an adult it's a great novelty hmm. it's a brilliant curiosity and I really enjoyed photographing plastic wheel Magnus with the blue face and I took loads of photographs of mine my vintage one and it's I think it's really special 
if you have the other one as well <laughs> you know i don't think i even knew there was a plastic wheel magnus until i saw your pictures because my vintage one had the rubber wheels and yeah. then the reissue that i got the early 2000s the first one also had the rubber yeah. yep. wheels and then the one i was given was the rubber wheeled one and then the reissue i bought again was also so is anyone i saw your photos i've never had the non-painted face it's it's one of those toys when it gets reissued it's always the rubber wheels version which is really nice all of the takara reissues are rubber wheels the the shining magnus all of that are rubber wheels which is great Mm -hmm. so um i have the the takara reissue of it and i love it absolutely it's wonderful it's superb Yeah. yeah one of those reissues that was done thoroughly right yeah definitely just holds up still um you had some trouble didn't you trying to find one that hadn't yellowed that's um, right, yeah. Mad. It's it's a tough. It's just one of those toys with so much white on it, and it's so visible because you've got diecast painted white alongside plastic white. It's just so obvious when it goes. It was also, can I say, one of the toys, and I know we've talked about this on a couple of occasions, like Grimlock and what have you. But it was one of the toys as a kid that utterly fascinated me because I became mm. distinctly aware that it had extra features. And what seat in the little chest? Plate. Well, yeah, there was so much. There was the seat in the little chest plate. There was the seat because bearing in mind I didn't have a prime. I don't think. Yeah, the cab. The seat in the cab. And yeah. I also remember figuring out as a kid that you could put the head, the the helmet head, on the little um, kind of wing yeah. thing for the chest. Yeah. And you must be in like the one percent of western children who were who figured that out oh yeah i remember thinking is this coincidence that it can that they could click together collectors today still have no idea it's such a common response now absolutely mad yeah i i I don't think i ever used it in like play or whatever but i i remember doing it and just being absolutely taken with what's this toy and why are there all these bits to it that don't make sense you know there was the and it felt like i was missing something and of course i was because i didn't have Diaclone drivers and things like that right. to go with it. So very strange. Still such a great toy. Yeah. And it's amazing that you're still left with such a great toy when you take out the wheels on the chest plate that make it roll along, when you take out the diaclone drivers that can sit virtually everywhere, when you don't have a clue that the trailer has like two completely different modes, like a repair bay and a launch pad and just a base as well. And then the powered buggy, the little parts forming buggy guy that was just omitted completely i have to say that's, when um diaclone powered convoy if that's how good ultra magnus is you can see how yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. diaclone powered convoy well that, is. that little colors. that little buggy dude um yeah. when i you obviously got one recently and it came to to my house for me to kind of forward on to you uh, and i have to be honest getting that and just even for what i had it in my possession for 24 hours or something before shipping it's it special off, isn't it i was thrilled to see it i'd never seen it in hand before um, and I remember just assembling it because I said to you, I'll, do you want me to take a look at it? And you were like, yeah, yeah, just check it's all okay before sending it on and uh, taking it out of the box and assembling it and just being like, wow, okay. Th- I don't know, it just felt really special. Like it was kind of a, yeah. a missing link, if you will. You know, it's yes. something I'd never There's seen in hand. No reason why we shouldn't have got that in Transformers apart from to save costs because everything about it is Transformersy. It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's it even um, holds Magnus's weapons. It's so great. It's it's almost like a it's like a six gun thing, isn't it? With Metroplex, yes. it's it's yeah, that yeah. kind of assembly piece. It's it, it absolutely would have fit in a year where you also get Metroplex or you know like it actually reminded me of the way that the arms go into Scamper, um, mm-hmm. for example. Although it's yeah, much yeah. smaller, um, it, it absolutely would have fit. So it's a shame it didn't happen. But yeah, oh. you're right. The the powered convoy. Uh, color scheme on the reissue and everything and, and obviously the original is is mind-blowing uh, i wonder why they changed it for the movie do you think it was the color scheme thing again just to make him a bit brighter 
and more vivid. I think he, yeah, because if, if you think of the Diaclone version of Powered Convoy, it does not have the vibrant blue that the reissue one has. It's a very navy blue yeah. sort of color. Darker. And um, the red is also not quite as you know vibrant. It, it's different. It's definitely the trailer being a different gray as well and that dark blue. I couldn't look at the reissue and say that wouldn't have worked in the movie because I think it would have because it's such a lovely color, lovely light blue. But I guess having the completely different colors with the sky blue and the white cab, yeah, maybe that did fit in better with with the palette of mm. of the movie guys. I don't really know why they changed the color. I mean, no one would have complained. No. I can only assume that's what it was to kind of make it a bit more, I don't know, a bit more kind of baby blue, you know, kind of toyetic something. I don't know. It's a big departure going from that blue cab with the Optimus colored head. I mean, that's another thing, actually. It had an Optimus colored head as well. Well, close enough. Yeah, I was just going to say that, whereas actually the white, the all white super different, prime is it? very different. It's really, really different um, for sure. So, and you know, white fists, which come in handy yeah. uh, later on. I'm thrilled they changed the colors. I really am. I'm so glad we have Magnus in these colors because Diaclone Powered Convoy exists. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I've got no problem with G1 Ultra Magnus in the way that he is. I mean, I even love the unpainted version. I think it's great. Fantastic toy. What a presence in robot mode as well. Yeah. So much play value, just off the scale play value. And the cab always falling out the back. <laughs> a little, I don't think you're doing it right, thing. mate. But the little hand pegs, that's it. That's all that's holding him in there. There's plenty of friction in that, though. Almost a worrying amount. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. When you manage to get loose arms over time, it just kind of tends to fall off the back. No, if anything, I'm I get nervous trying to take it out mm. on on all on all of mine. I, I actually removing it is a bit that I don't always look forward to. I I live in fear of the day that the pegs snap off. Right. Did you guys play play with your toys as children? Did it? It's not, I'm not getting Frequently. Magnus yeah. got a lot of playtime. Yeah. Magnus got like mint Magnus Survivor Forever. Like oh, I don't have I a mint got Magnus, loosened. dude. He's got floppy arms and everything, but I don't think even the legs. Uh, stay flat down against the trailer in robot mode anymore. Oh, they kind of hinge back slightly? Yeah, 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 I I think mine used to be like that. Yeah, Magnus, total win. So then we're going to round out our little tour of the Autobots, because it has been all Autobots until uh, until this point. Uh, and this point as well, and uh, actually talk about the cassettes because, of course, those are, I guess, almost easy to forget about, aren't they? Because they're you don't when you think movie toys, maybe people don't kind of consider that or whatever, but they are very important in that lineup. Uh, and they were, of course, designed specifically for the Transformers line as well, which I think is really uh, kind of fascinating because Blaster himself, of course, was a micro change toy, much as Soundwave was, and Soundwave you know, came with his own cassettes and all of that. But then here, I think this is really fascinating to think they actually designed cassettes to mirror the ones from MicroChange, but also that would work with the Blaster toy, which had been a very different thing in its original incarnation as part of MicroChange. So it's it's a whole fascinating setup. Lots going on with that. And uh, I was also just going to briefly mention as well that uh, we've already talked about um, old Ticknat and his uh, incorrect opinions about Wheelie. But uh, other than that, he actually did some detective work, didn't he? And uncovered that, uh, well, he basically assembled all of the product ID numbers from all of these toys. Uh, And I found his post at the time, it's about four years ago, I think, 
on mm-hmm. uh, TFW 2005. And, uh, it was the patents as well you looked at. That was right, yes. Patents and assortment numbers. It was the, yes, the patent and assortment numbers, yeah. And uh, he, he went through and he discovered that basically all of the numbers for the uh, 1986 toys range from 5791, which is Metroplex, all the way up to, I think these are in order, all the way up to 5988, which is Cyclonus. And then everything in the middle of that you've got is, you know, runabout, runamuck, Rodimus Prime, Hot Rod, all of those are kind of in the middle. All the um, combiners, everything. Except for Eject, which is 5612. So that is like quite far ahead of Metroplex at 5791. So he stands out as presumably having been um, planned. planned. Yes, planned earlier. So maybe, I mean, it's it's all conjecture. It's none of it is, you know, known. But the implication is that potentially, yeah, they they had in mind that they wanted cassettes for Blaster when he was first released in '85, and they only got around to doing them um, for 1986. Isn't it like the only toy that's desi- that's released in 1986 that's designed to interact with a toy from earlier? Yeah, if you don't count Magnus. Well, yeah, because you've got Metroplex obviously interacts with some of the combiners and things like that, but but that's all same year. Um, so yes, I think I think so. Anyway, I think it's right to say. Um, I think that's really interesting uh, because, well, the other thing, of course, is that it implies that Eject was actually the first Transformers toy specifically designed for Transformers that wasn't a, you know, a hand-me-down from Diaclone, MicroChange, yep. Toy Box, any of that stuff. Uh, you know, Takatoku. It was the first specifically designed Transformers toy, Eject, which is weird. Um, but mm-hmm. also, um, of course, in the film, I think I'm right in saying that Eject and Rewind were going to be one character to begin with, weren't they? I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Bolts, I think it was called. So they weren't originally supposed to be two robots. It was just going to be one called Bolts. Um, apparently, in this, there's a script or something, and both of their bits, like where they're fighting Ravage and all of that, like the, the separate bits that they have was all done by the one character. Um, and it, had, it was a bit more prominent. So, and and I think that was what Ticknat had sort of wondered was the whether that that patent number or whatever it is that five six one two whether that was for bolts originally and then it got turned into eject uh, later because they needed it to be one of them. I don't know, but it's is really kind of fascinating point of it is, history. Yeah. It's mm. a great bit of detective work. I found out something interesting about these cassettes some years ago, um, and it was a new discovery at the time that the sticker on Steeljaw next to his head is reversed or or rather that it's in the wrong place because if you look at the sticker that's on the back end of Steeljaw in tape mode it's a lion's mane and if you imagine that sticker next to his head it actually would have the pattern of a lion's mane no way i've got to look at that now yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it was that that was the revelation i'm so going to have to check out my steeljaw now and just make sure of that so uh, actually ramhorn and steeljaw uh, and Eject and Rewind, I have a little bit of affection for because they were the first toys as a teenager or whatever. I think, you know, that I sort of remember getting that, you know, because I got Soundwave and stuff at the time. I think I said about that. But I think they were the first ones before that that I got uh, sealed, carded. Uh, and, and that was the first kind of post-childhood, like, okay, I'm going to get something that I never had as a kid and i got the gold weapon versions because of course there were silver and gold weapons mm. versions of all of them got the gold weapon carded versions of of those four toys i'm seeing two cards and uh, it was tremendously exciting to just be like wow this is something that i never had as a kid 
So. Did Steeljaw have silver weapon versions? I didn't know that. Uh, I can't remember actually. I remember there the, were the, the were gold weapons for some of them. So I know there are painted detailed versions of Steeljaw, right? And even like slightly different color, like blue instead of I think the purpley color. But uh, yeah, cassette variants are just something. Hmm. Where I just have to hold my hands up and say that is a massive rabbit hole. I've never really oh gone same. Down. But Ramhorn does have both. I think mm-hmm. gold and silver. I could be wrong. Am I right in saying Ratbat was also? Yes. Needs to be considered like a movie toy yeah, because he's on the list. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, he's a nineteen eighty six movie toy. All the tapes are in eighty six, mm. aren't they? But I don't think Blaster and Soundwave were in the eighty six assortment, are they? No, I don't think they. They well, you know how it is, man. Like with G one toys, you would you would still find eighty five toys on the shelf in eighty six. I got my Starscream in eighty six. Here you've got tapes specifically made for toys mm. that aren't out at the same time. Yeah, his only real gimmick is they're compatible with something that not available it's quite weird to think of now isn't it kind of sounds a bit haphazard when you put it that way really um but somehow it worked but no i do yeah ratbat definitely should be included in that and i do think as well that that was the point where cassettes it just became like a thing didn't it for transformers like obviously you'd already got you know the decepticons all from microchange or whatever but that was the point where I think interest was was kind of like it really peaked on. And then obviously you've got the dinosaur ones the year after and whatever. And Steve Slam. Uh, yeah, indeed. But I kind of feel like without the Autobot cassettes and Ratbat in 86, I think it wouldn't have been necessarily right. such a thing. I think they really kind of contributed to it. And still... Yeah, look at them releasing cassettes in, in 87 and 88 for toys that Right, are that's, that's what I mean. They're still doing it. It's mad, isn't it? And uh, But I still remember every time I've watched the movie with people, that bit where Blaster ejects those four cassettes gets a cheer almost every time. Yes. It's, it's yeah. just it's brilliant. I remember being thrilled in the in the cartoon, in the theatre. Yeah. Like that. And then they're neat, they're neat little toys as well. I actually think the robot modes for Eject and Rewind are better than Rumble and Frenzy, personally. They look great. I'm, I love Steel Jewel. I think it's fantastic. Mm. Right, well, we've been putting it off long enough, but it is now time to talk Decepticons. Uh, and of course, we were just talking about it there just briefly off camera. And of course, we all sort of said, oh, yeah, there's the, the three Decepticons to go. But it's actually four, isn't it? Because there is uh, a fourth uh, member of that lineup, although probably not one that everybody thinks about maybe as a Decepticon. I don't know. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, let's uh, let's kick us off and talk about Cyclonus, Scourge and Galvatron, of course, first of all. Because uh, Maz, these were all toys that you had as a kid. Do you have Galvatron? I did. Kids? I did have them. Yeah, which is extremely rare for me to have any set of anything as a kid. The Jets, I didn't even have them all, but I wanted them. But yeah, I had Galvatron, I had Cyclonus, and I had Target Master Scourge. Yeah, I I think since Liam suggested doing the podcast, I have been looking forward to us talking about these toys. Yes. And I was so looking forward to us doing the 1986 range of uh, great Cybertronian write-off entries because I was super looking forward to doing these Well, ones. maybe we'll come back to it one day. I mean, we I should hope so. Yeah, 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 never say never. I think it's still on the cards that we would do that at some point, isn't it? So so do you want do you want to talk about these toys next episode then? Should we come back to it? I could do a whole episode on them. I could actually I reckon I could easily do a whole episode on Cyclonus Scourge and Galvatron because how different were their prototypes? Early Cyclonus prototypes had ears that moved and he had fists that, you know, slid out of his forearms. It was a really different looking proposition. But what we did end up getting, my cousin got Cyclonus first and I just coveted it for ages until eventually I just said to my mum, no, I I just want it so much that 
I'm happy to have a toy that we already have in the house and give up an opportunity to have a new toy. And I really struggled to find Scourge as a kid. It was the target master that I found. But they totally lived up to what I wanted. And what a different look for toys, you know, with like facial hair and that sort of super different aesthetic for robot heads. But I loved it. Yeah, the, the beard was was out there. That was like, I mean, you know, obviously Retgar having a moustache and stuff is kind of its own thing. But uh, the beard, especially, I remember being like, that is different. That is like, that's mm. not the Transformers that I kind of knew before, if you like. Let alone the alt mode for Scourge, which is just a what? Yeah, you know? bar of soap. Yeah, a shoe. <laughs> Bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> all of these things. Yeah, that that was one. I think it's fair to say that neither Cyclonus nor Scourge, forgive me, Maz, but neither of them look quite as dynamic as they do in the film, necessarily. Nothing has ever looked as dynamic as Cyclonus looks right. in the film. It, it, it would be hard. ever come close. It would be hard. But No third-party version of it, not even Kingdom Cyclonus, can pull off everything right. But... G1 Cyclonus's jet mode is the best version of that jet mode I've ever it's, seen. Yeah, I was going to say the jet mode is is legendary on that toy. It's yes. really, really nice. We, Perfect. Slightly weird robot mode. Got to be honest. Yeah, but loads of leg articulation and loads of arm articulation. Right. There's several things about the robot mode that to this day just puzzle me. Um, number one is the flaps on the back of the thighs. Like what? Yeah. Like what? What? Is that about honestly? Like, I still don't really get what about it. About the engine wing thing. Yeah, right. That's the other thing. Is the it's it's all of that? It's just bizarre. <laughs> um, the other one is the fact that the arms just will, you know, purposely pop off. Yeah. Um, for some sort of like weird attack mode or whatever. Why? Uh, you know, it's just bizarre. And I think because of like the revelations around Magnus and kind of realizing that there was more to it as a kid, Cyclonus was one that I think I remember thinking. Is there more to this as well? And yeah, am I missing something? Yeah. Exactly how I felt about it. Yeah. So so the arms pop off on purpose? Yeah. Oh my God. I had that toy as a kid and one of the arms came off and I never found it. And yeah, that was the end of that toy. It was a terrible design choice in the yeah. end. It was yeah. a terrible de- decision for, for I toy. thought it broken. I didn't realize it was meant to do that. Yeah, it's, it's actually billed as a feature, isn't it? It's on the, I, I forget if it's on the box or not, but the, I've seen it listed as like an actual, you know, like a thing that the toy does. The arms come off, but it's for the jet mode to kind of streamline the jet mode. Is that fair to say, Maz? Is that your recollection? Uh, I have to tell you, this is completely news to me. All right, no, I'm, I've seen. I have it. no idea that the arms are advertised as coming off completely as a feature. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm gonna, you might be right. I'm gonna I mean, need the... to check, but because it's from memory, convinced that I've seen it somewhere, like a little blurb somewhere maybe it's not on the box but i've seen it somewhere as like a it's a it's a feature that the toy does that the arms come off and it's like in its um vehicle mode configuration but without the arms and that it's billed as being like a um it's got like another word to it like a like a and essentially that you know it's kind of like a stealth or streamlined version of the jet or something that's mad <laughs> but i always found his arms so strange that he ended up with like giant paws basically yeah. giant hollow paws and that was the weirdest thing about that toy for me. But yeah, I loved everything else about it. I just love the way it feels when you fold that massive nose cone back into place and it clicks into jet mode. Really love it. Yeah, it is a nice one. It's a, it is a weird one overall, though. It's a, it's a it's a very strange toy, but I do love it. I love the face sculpt on that toy. Yes, really yeah. love the face sculpt. It's a very sinister robot mode. I yeah. loved the robot mode as a kid. It was yeah. so different, but wonderful. Yeah, 
It's it's really sinister and creepy. It, very creepy. The face is like nothing else. So much. The the yeah. face has never really been done in animation, comics, anything. It's always looked like it does in the movie, mm. but the toy is like its own thing. And I feel like um, he's as kind of ghoulish and nightmarish as Scourge in his own way. Whereas mm. in in the you know fiction, he's often painted as being like more of a normal looking Transformer, isn't he? I think he's one of the most handsome looking Transformers they've ever drawn, and I don't think any toy has ever captured the face sculpt from the movie the right way. You know, uh. when he lands next to Galvatron and they've just interrupted Starscream's coronation, that's one of the best looking Transformers robots I've ever seen. And no one has ever reproduced those dimensions on his face that handsomely before. And even Kingdom Cyclonus doesn't do it perfectly yeah. right. No, absolutely. But that's one of those character designs that's, other than the face, it's so hard to replicate into a toy, isn't it? The way that slender body that he has and the very small torso. But yeah. yeah, the face, you are right. It's amazing that every time you see a toy of it, it's like it never quite hits it. No. Same with Cup. Cup's another one where yeah, no matter what they do, it's yeah, never quite... The face is very hard to do. On the, I think because they were so specifically drawn, it's kind of what you were saying earlier, Liam, that the, the look and design of the film is just so unique, so idiosyncratic, that to recreate it in plastic form is... is I wouldn't say it's impossible at all. I think it can be done. But even Hot Rod, in a way, I would say it's... Um, the, the Hot Rod toys that actually look like the cartoon in the face. I'm struggling to think of one, you know, like I really um, love MP9, love... That's what, I, that's what came to mind for me as yeah, well. Yeah, even then I would say it's not it's not completely there. Like no, it's, it isn't. It's, that's maybe as close as it gets, but I'd say it's maybe 85% of the way there, but it's not, it's not straight, you know, like in the way that some toys, like I would say Ultra Magnus, the masterpiece for me, gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is just movie Magnus. I don't feel like we've had that with any of those other characters yet. No, that's right. Mm. But I do think the studio series Scourge absolutely nailed the head sculpt. That's fantastic, that, yeah. But even G1 Scourge, I, I really love. And I know that the the box art for G1 Scourge has a really super weird face. Yeah. But that comes from the prototype because that's what the prototype looked like. Yeah. The prototype's colors are different as well. It looks like the the blue on his legs starts in a place where it just looks like he's wearing blue boots. And he almost looks like a cavalier in the way that he's shaped. But uh, yeah, man, that love Scourge. But Cyclonus, man, do you remember the UK version of that that was in the Ladybird books and the UK 86 catalogue? Just all silver head. Yeah. I mean, that's out there somewhere. Yeah. I never had Scourge as a kid. It's one of those ones where ever I saw it, I was never that keen again. He's got that blur thing where he looks like he's squished in. And it just, it didn't capture that same sort of flowing character that you get. That's funny you say that. I actually find his proportions better than a lot of other toys of the era. And he's got that really satisfying clicky elbows yes, too. Yes, I was just going to say, oh, the, yeah. the, arm, As an adult, the arm movement's nice. Completely the other way around now. Like, yeah. I love it. But one I didn't experience, it was only until about 10 years ago was the first time I ever actually held one. But I just remember every time I saw a picture of it or saw it in a shop, I was never that. I was like, oh, it just doesn't look. It's just something about it's it. a toy that handles better than it will ever look in photographs. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. It's, it's um, yeah. it looks it, it it can look really good in photographs, but it can also I look so. really really awkward in some photographs if people don't kind of you know show it off to its best or whatever. Yeah, if the head is pointing yeah. down. Or, yeah, you know, it doesn't have the head ray. The head ray is so important to yeah. his look. If you don't have the head ray, it looks terrible. Yeah. It looks it like a flat right. top yeah. head. It's just really 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 bad. And it looks so bad. I don't even think they should ever have made it possible to remove it and hold it in his hand. Yeah, 
it's a weird feature like why it's yeah. so unne- so unnecessary but I, I i really like it and i do like the transformation as well i really like the way that the bits fold forward the legs is a little bit of a challenge getting the feet clipped mm-hmm. in but once it all goes together it's very solid alt mode yeah. there is a way of doing the legs on scourge that does not scuff the shin stickers right and it's the way it's outlined in the instructions. If you follow the instructions in the G1 manual to the letter, and mean, and I mean angling it exactly how it is in those instructions, you do not scuff the shin stickers, and they always get scuffed on every transformed mm. scourge. It's not you can avoid it's it. It's not actually a great year for that, is it? Eighty six. No you think stickers, of it, stickers, okay. and that kind of stuff. You know, hot rod as well with the the thigh stickers that <sighs> that get just stripped off the second that you collapse the legs. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. Scourge is a great example for it yeah, you know because yeah. the scourge's sticker stock is awful yes like the especially on the blue on the, the tip the, the of top the, ones it's the worst yeah getting that nice is virtually impossible yeah it's very hard to not get it when it's kind of like slightly ripped at the edges isn't it yeah, and yeah it's very very difficult but i'm very happy with my target master version i'm very happy with your target master version too. <laughs> yes <laughs> i know yeah yeah it's... i've got its box oh, i'll get the rest one day. <laughs> You're going to sneak into my house one day, I think. I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and you'll be there rifling through the cupboard. <laughs> sneak? <laughs> just, no, let's <laughs> knock on the door. I'm here for Scourge. Give me the Scourge, yeah. yeah. Do you think there were kids who bought multiple of those as sweeps at that time? That's a good question. There, there's bound to be one, isn't there? There's mm. bound to be some kid. And, and you know, Sharktagons too. Yeah. Did we get Nor here? No. These one I do not remember at all. From. No, these are the, one of those those mad ones that were available in France, yeah. but not in the UK. Nor I have just a bizarre toy for me. So strange. First experienced it last year, this year. I think so. Yeah, you bought it for the GCW. I did. did I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and do you know what? I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. It looks great. It's a so pretty mad toy. It's just so bizarre. Doesn't feel like a transformer, really in many ways it still to me kind of stands out now i think it's probably like if you'd never seen retgar and you just saw it for the first right. time now you'd be like right. what um but i think if i'd have seen it as a kid i would have thought it was strange i guess because none of the other characters were done like arbless Kranix, those guys you know because you never got unicron actually made the fact that they did gnaw and it stood out like that is is a weird one do you remember finding out about gnaw I don't know if you found out as a kid, but I found out in like 1998 that there was a Gnaw toy. And I was just, what? Yeah. It, yeah <laughs> when I first looked at the internet, it was one of the first things I saw. Yeah, that's, what? Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> it's really bizarre, isn't it? Everything about it is weird. The color is amazing. The head sculpt mm. is, is a very bulbous, big head. It's got super strange proportions. He kind of tapers towards the feet a little bit. and But the top of the body is massive. Um, he's got like this kind of hoodie thing, you know, with the top of yeah. the head that kind of folds back. The only thing with it is that, again, it's terrible for paintware. And yeah, um, I, oh man, I looked at like a thousand copies of it, just trying to find one without paintware on the top of the the shark eyes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, the the grey. And why is that bit painted? It's such a flaw. Yeah, it should true. just be bare plastic, honestly. Because the other thing with it is that if you fold out the backpack properly. If he falls backwards, which he's very likely to do, um, that's the bit that hits the deck. So if it oh, must be it, then yeah. that must be what causes it. Or if it leans against a wall, that's the bit that's leaning. It's the it's the further most out bit of the backpack yeah, of the yeah, robot okay. mode. So actually, in my display, because he has a propensity to topple, I actually have mine on display with that bit folded up slightly. 
So at least if he does go over, it's not the bit that's going to hit. He's just got to be displayed in shark mode, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a good one for it. And the parts as well, you know, it's so easy to find gnaw without the tail. Yeah. It's just one of those that is always missing. Have you seen the prototype, uh, resin gnaw? I don't think so. It's so much more like the movie. And uh, it doesn't transform. There's two versions. Raz has both of them, the shark mode one and the robot mode one. And you just got to check them out. It's just... So why, really why does it look thing. more like the movie than the final thing then? I think it's proportions. It's proportions and sculpting mainly. Right. That just put you much more in mind of, that you're not looking at the best representation that Hasbro could manage of the screen. It's the same with Blur. If you look at um, the prototype of Blur, his head sculpt is screen blur. Mm. You just think, how did we end up with that? You know, that's, the, that's the bit that so I can't different. fathom was that they, they at some point had something that looked more like the screen and then they moved away from it. And that's the bit I don't get. I think it's because it was um, more parts right. to make it look that way. It wasn't a solid part that just had the sculpt of the plastic face on it with the helmet. It was just more parts to the blur head than, than you got with the final toy. Maybe it's the, the same noise one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one to get for sure. Just because such a curio is such a weird thing i think it's iconic and it's a must-have for anyone who loves the movie and i i really 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 want one mm. yeah now it's i find it's quite hard to ignore nope. <laughs> you mean what like, we're gonna do to that joke uh, but uh, no it's a toy i've never seen but now it's it's i'm getting to that point in the list of things where i've never experienced it's getting a lot smaller and that's now moving to the top because all the new versions have been really nice like the yeah they have one. we've been well the served for one was wonderful exactly little yeah. thing just going back to Cyclonus and Scourge, do you guys have a preference for the stickered version versus the painted version of, of Scourge? Because you've got the solid blue plastic version on top, that was the first release, and then you get a stickered version, which is closer to the target master. Do you have a preference, looks-wise? Uh, I can't say I do, I guess, because I've only got the target master. So Yeah, I can't remember which one I've got. I, I had to put stickers on the front, so maybe it's that one. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, the top's different, isn't it? It's the... Yeah. That bit. Mine's the first version. I think. Is it painted metal? No, it's just plastic. And I, I always found the blue, the blue-eared Cyclonus with the blue waist. It really makes a difference. It's so subtle and it doesn't come out in photographs, but in hand, it's a really big difference. And it's so much nicer. How many scourges and Cyclonuses have you got in your collection? I have three Cyclonuses: the blue-eared one, regular one, and Target, Target Master. Master Scourge. I have the blue top one, the plastic first release, stickered second release. And Target Master. Okay, three of each, and another stickered one on the way. And do you eventually. still you still have a Scourge in box or no? Has that moved on? Uh, the two I mentioned. Oh, they're the, they're the ones in the box. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I have. No, it's weird. I have the blue one in box, the one I bought at the pub. Do you remember? Paul yeah, yeah. brought it to the pub. That that was so nice. And then I've got the stickered one sealed on the card, but no box. Oh, God. And Target Master is my childhood one, basically. I'm, I miss buying Transformers in the pub. Yeah, yeah. I miss, yeah, I miss that very much. <laughs> it's being in a pub. Yeah, remember that pub. So the final toy on the docket for tonight is one of the most classic, I would say. It's G1 Galvatron. Absolutely lovely thing. Did you both have it as a kid? I did. Liam? This is where I'm going to probably top the, the blur conversation here. Oh, no. This is, this is a you rare can't transformer. Be serious. You, you, you can't be serious. This is the rare transformer I said no to because I disliked it that much as a child. Another kid at school had it, and when my, my dear old grandma there was going for a list of things of 
what to get. I took that off the Christmas list. I'm not defending I, I him this time. I disliked it so much. No, I'm not. no, I just... Um, I okay, did get it, it. It didn't look like the screen Galvatron, and screen Galvatron was an amazing model. But It's not even that. It was the tiny arms, the little <laughs> miniature arms. And just, everything well, yeah, looked because wrong. everything else in G1 was perfectly proportioned, wasn't it? And arms were just always the right length. <laughs> but, it, but again, it goes back to the film, like the Galvatron you're shown compared to that toy, which looks... There's nothing similar other than it turns into a cannon. There's literally nothing. Like the head, the face is... God, it looks more like Nightbird than Galvatron. It's strange. That's a good point. Uh, it is a fair point. It doesn't yep. look like the film. And even in purple, now that they've done the reissue version to Kara, all right, it's not the right purple, but even then it doesn't look like movie Galvatron. But it's glorious. It's, it's a blooming excellent toy. To handle that toy was... Fantastic. Although I was really annoyed how quickly the gun trigger just died. Did yours die? It does. It wears off a bit over time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just really quickly. Can we just talk about that sound? Because which one? Oh, They're all so great. Or any of the in betweeny sounds? You know, when yeah. you kind of like, <laughs> it's just wonderful. That to me is childhood personified. If it, oh oh oh, <laughs> <laughs> it just, just all of it. I just the the one that you just did. The seal noise is that is my favorite. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. It just absolutely <laughs> kills me. Honestly, it takes me right back. There are very, very few things that are as viscerally right. nostalgic for me as the sound of that toy. I could just tell you yeah. what afternoon it was, where I was, in the garden, whatever, that sound. Or just my mum going, will you shut that thing up? Just because the sound oh, of it yeah. used to drive her bonkers, honestly. Absolutely loved it. I did get one a, a little bit later through a trade with you know kids at school again getting rid of toys and going through the churn and i got that and i just remember years later just hearing it the noise going off at the bottom of a toy box in the hallway (laughs) something had just been must have just been moved on its own and just kind of touched it and that horrible noise my mom just yelling (laughs) what is that because you remember those key rings used to have as kids that used to make loads of sounds yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's what i always equate it to it's like that noise there's something that hasn't popped into my mind for over two to three decades wow well that noise oh there's key rings there's there's key rings yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. and there's little sound boxes you could get which were basically the size of three iphones now just have four (laughs) buttons that's (laughs) made four noises that's essentially what you've got on the back of g2 ramjet i know we took the that before but that is literally it so but yeah no galvatron for me i don't know i know it's not the movie galvatron I still loved it, man, as a yeah. kid. I, Ginormous toy. Really, really big. I think the fact, I mean, it was like one of my biggest toys as a kid. I love the fact that it's, I presume, scaled to fit with Ultra Magnus. I guess that's why they made it the size that it is. Well, it's always Ultra Magnus and Galvatron facing off in UK paperwork, yeah. isn't it? Well, they, they were the leader toys of that year, weren't yeah. they? I mean, actually, funnily enough, say that the with Rodimus. Mm, um, the new but old Magnus, I think, was still kind of very much the leader figure, wasn't he? He was the one. Yes. He was the big, the big Kahuna, city commander. Yeah, you know. Whereas Rodimus was Autobot hero. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, all right, hero. And nice that, track. And actually, yeah. wasn't Galvatron city commander or something as well? Yeah, was. yeah. He, they were opposite city commanders, weren't they? So there you go. So they, it was clearly designed to fit with Magnus, and I just think it's a legendary toy. I think. Yeah. We've been talking about these 1986 toys and the noises they make. You know, not just electronic noises, but the joint noises. Galvatron is a catalogue of unforgettable yeah. joint noises, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, Just the legs, rotating the, the shoulders leg. with the squeaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, the waist. The click, of the, the click of the elbows, for me, was yeah, one yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the feel of collapsing the legs. 
Yes. And the flip of the feet, the solidity in the joints the, yeah. of the feet when they come out, I, I think it's beautiful. Oh, extending the, the chest. Yeah. The really quick ratchet of that. The Just the glass. battery compartment and everything. I would love to get the purple one like now. It's I don't, I don't so have a Galvatron anymore. But, yeah. Yeah. I just can't yeah. recommend it enough. It's, it's so, so expensive glorious. now, though. Yeah, yeah they've gone out. but it's one of those that it's more expensive tomorrow than it was yesterday. And the yeah. longer you leave it, the more you'll pay. So if you want it, buy it yesterday. That's true. Yeah. And it's worth every penny you're going to pay for it, even in today's prices. Yeah, amazing artwork on the box as well. It's like yeah, really yeah cool. it's really cool. So it's so Guido different Guidi. for a G1 toy box to have something like that. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Guido Guidi sold that artwork at Auto Assembly. I think it was 2005. Ooh. Have you got it in a folder? Is that I wish I, I wish I'd got to I think <laughs> Paul got to it first, actually. I think Paul owns it. I think, if I'm not wrong. Mm, it's amazing artwork. I would still love a vintage Galvatron, though. That's one that I have. Yes, I have same. the reissues. I would love a, a vintage Galvatron. I like that his head looks like a little castle. You know, rather <laughs> yeah, than like the, uh, does. At first, I didn't like it, but it's when uh, the Lego bought out the castles, and for some reason, I went for a castle phase for like a week. And so suddenly, then it came into. I was like, yeah, well, I like it now. He did briefly appear in that form in the comic, can I say? So his actual first appearance in the comic. He looks like the toy, but it's very brief. And then they... As he does in the Ladybird book. Yeah, 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 that's true. And then they revert to him looking more like the screen, but still grey. Mm. The Marvel colours uh, on the G1 cartoon looking Galvatron, yeah. the Marvel yeah, yeah. colours, the, the toy colours, that's like my favourite looking Galvatron. Though. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I always love that he was grey in the, com- in the yeah. comic. I think one thing that really does need to be said about Galvatron is how how much out of scale he is with virtually everything he's supposed to I mean, yes, you said he's in scale with Ultra Magnus, but Cyclonus and Scourge? Yeah. Well, the scale the there. scale generally with um, all of those 86 toys yeah. is just yeah. all over the shop, isn't it? Yeah, so, it really is. Yeah. I mean, again, look at Springer versus Galvatron. Yeah. Just as the ultimate sign of... <laughs> a blaster versus... Yeah, 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 I know yeah. he's not an 86. But no, it is really hard to sort of put them on a shelf and make them look coherent the way every Transformers toy line since has managed. Yeah, I think so. It's a funny old thing, 86. It's a funny year of toys, I would say. And I think actually one thing that doing this episode tonight has sort of made clear for me is that it's not my favorite year of toys. Uh, There are some that I love, really love, like Hot Rod um, and Magnus and, you know, many others. But there are some that I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a weird one, actually. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's not that I don't love them, but it, individually or whatever, but they have their quirks, I would say. It, it, it's the let it be of G1 yeah, for me. Because I owned all the Beatles albums, but I never bought let it be. I kept reading the track list, kept thinking, I don't think there's anything there for me. All through my childhood, teenage years, borrowed it later on, and I thought it was really good. Now, after watching Get Back, you know, the Peter Jackson documentary of the Beatles, I think it's an amazing album. And 1986 doesn't ever seem to be the year that people focus on to finish. There's the Diaclone era, Microchange era, then there's Headmasters and Target Masters afterwards, Rebirth era, and then there's Japanese exclusives. But 86 stands as an island. But you've just said, of all the weird variety in 86, and the examples you gave, we haven't even talked about the non-movie 86. No, it's true. It's a whole different ballgame yeah. as well to then be alongside these. Yeah, and it is really a, a year of two halves because all the other stuff is so different to this stuff that we've been talking about tonight. It's yeah. just bizarre. You said it's nobody's favourite, but now going back, I realise it's the year that I'm missing the most from. Mm. And discovering them one by one is, is why like I equated it to Let It Be. It's like this late discovery where there's still gems 
you know, I've still got Octane. I've still got Broadside. I know that's probably not going to fulfill it the same way. Oh, I love Broadside. I really look forward to it. I've still got Springer to get again. I've still got the Predacons to get again. Nor, I've never owned Nor. You know, I've still got all those discoveries and there's not a lot of years of G1 where I can say that. Okay, well, I think that's going to about do it with 1986 Movie Toys. I've thoroughly enjoyed the discussion tonight. I think it's been um, kind of, if anything, I I think going into this, I thought, okay, it's going to be relatively simple. And actually, I think we've uncovered a few nuggets along the way. I thought it was going to be two hours of Hot Rod. Yeah, I did. With the other bits. We've barely talked about Hot Rod, which is actually probably fair because we have talked about him on numerous other occasions. Also worth saying that we haven't touched on stuff like Unicron and RC, uh, the unproduced 86 movie toys. You know, it'd be lovely to talk about them as well. I think realistically there's, a, there's an element of capping the subject when it's done. And, and you know, we'll, I'm sure, come back and do a segment on unproduced toys generally at some mm-hmm. point or those ones and we'll focus in maybe a mini-sode or maybe a proper episode. I don't know. We'll have to see a little ways down the line. You can let us know on social media maybe what you what you fancy. Uh, with that in mind, uh, also worth mentioning our sponsor, tfsource.com. So thank you very much again to them. Do check them out, tfsource.com for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And our Patreon again, which you can find at patreon.com forward slash triple takeover, uh, where you might be getting might be listening to that already and getting early access as we speak, which would be exciting. But if you don't, there are four glorious tiers of minisodes and all kinds, so do check that out. Uh, and Maz, do we have any thank yous to say on that score? We have so many thank yous now that I actually have a scroll bar during this this section. So one of the perks of being a Sixos Butler is that you get a thank you on the show. So if you would all prepare yourselves for the longest list we've had yet. Here we go. We'll say in. a big thank you to... Nick, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Cannon, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spider Father, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Masaru, Dave Dalrymple, Snowcrack, Absurd, Geokaiser, Yusufa, John Pearl, Cliff Cyrus, Loxa, Troisef, Anthony Cart, Alec Mir, Captain R.A., Phil G., Riley Lentz, Jonathan Logic Howard, Jacques Pelletier, Alicia, a.k.a. Leisha Tron, and Sam Highland. Way. What a list. What a list. What a list. What a list. Thank you, Six O's Butlers. Thank you very much for the support. We very much hope you are enjoying your exclusive content. Yeah, yeah particularly thanks, those guys. those Christmas, that Christmas one and the, the extra one we did there. And uh, yeah, fair to say we've said it before, but worth repeating that it really does help us to keep going. All that, all of that, yeah. that support is, uh, you know. And that's not just the butlers, it's every tier. Yes. Even the, the one pound a month apologetic ramps, because they don't really get a perk beyond being able to say that they support us and like you say, keep the lights on. Yeah, just literally. And have our original gratitude. Yeah, mm. just literally a quid a month, isn't it? And it and it does. Mm. It all helps. It's it's amazing for us the support. We've really appreciated it. So, uh, also worth mentioning our social accounts. So you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that's uh, what is it now? It's uh, it's Facebook is Facebook is at Triple Takeover, uh, like Patreon and. Twitter and Instagram are triple underscore takeover. Yeah, there we go. Fantastic. And where can our followers find you, lads? Liam? Uh, I am Toybox Soapbox on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Maz? I am at TF Square One on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I am at 6OTF on Facebook, tw- uh, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
So that's it. Otherwise, we're all done. So let this mark the end of the Triple Takeover episode on the 1986 movie toys as we've looked back on an age of rubber tyres and die-cast construction till all are one. My other tube just dried up completely and I used it regularly. I think it's a bit unwieldy. I don't think the balance is there. Uh, uh, uh.